0: The opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Topeka Capital Journal, CJ Online, or Morris Communications.
1: It's time for Jim Cates at CJ Online news, opinion, interviews, and community conversation live and online. Join Jim and his guests by calling 295 1150 or emailing jim.cates at cjonline.com. And now, from the Topeka Capital Journal and cjonline.com, here's the Dean of Talk Radio in Topeka, Jim Cates. Good morning, Topeka. We're going to get our equipment
2: squared away. That's oh, I, a I tried to turn you down. Yes, yes. Uh, look at your number. Where are you?
0: I'm on. Uh, okay. Uh, by I the way, been, folks, I this hour is brought
2: to you by Cooper Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, 267-4100. For all of your plumbing and heating needs, and they are open. Well, they're not open, but they're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Cooper Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Good morning, Greg Palmer. It says 1.
0: Finally, I find it. There okay. it is. Okay. All right. Let me get...
2: I am numero uno. All right. We are good to go. Good to see you. It's been a while since you've been with us. Yes. Glad to see you
0: are doing dapperly well. Uh, dapperly well. Yes, I am. And you are doing what now when you're not appearing on the show? Well, I'm working with uh, WWWTV and .com, uh, the top, of course, top television station and uh, amongst the top uh, internet products here in our capital city.
2: Now, is WIBW-TV, are they leading in all demographics now? I know traditionally, you know, they've always led in the 40-plus, and they absolutely dominate the 40-plus demo.
0: Still incredibly strong there, and I would say, pro- uh, in, depending on the individual program, that's when you get into. You remember your days well. When the I Ed think radio, of reading some, uh, when you talk news, yes. Oh, oh, news definitely. I mean, it's yeah. uh, our our ten o'clock news is incredibly strong. And uh, for example, this is amazing. The morning news program they do five to seven. Uh-huh. That is stronger than the ten o'clock news on either of the other two uh, television stations here in the market. Oh, really? Yes, it's shocking. It is shocking.
2: Wow. Yes. That is that it is, is
0: incredibly huge numbers across the
2: board.
3: Yeah. So Well, a
2: good management. You know, Jim Ogle oh. uh, he is involved in everything under the sun of this community. You talk about a community and activist he, and he, that Jim believes in the Jim is not, in Jim is not
0: just uh, in these involved in these things from the standpoint of getting his name out there on the, the letterhead or anything. He's actually involved in doing stuff with these things. Oh, you bet. If we bet. had if we had another ten Jim yo Ogles in this city uh we would we would be just truly gangbusters instead of just doing well, oh I would agree yes. I've got a
2: lot of respect for jim ogle a uh, tremendous amount of respect, yeah, nine more just like him mm-hmm. and this is would be a town on the uh, move and it's somewhat of a town on the move now. I'll tell you this uh group of think big Topeka. yes, that is a group of people that really put this town on the map mm-hmm. you know in a positive light. Just a group of under 40 individuals that weren't known throughout this community at all. We're not talking about people that were widely known. But they believed in Topeka. And, you know, went after this Google Mm -hmm. connection. And as a result of that, the image of this community, I think our image of ourselves, just really did a
0: 180-degree turn. Yes, exactly right.
2: Yeah. If there was credit to be given to any group of people, it would be the Think Big Topeka. Yes. And Jim
0: Jim was like... Number two or number three. I mean, there were, there were a couple of people sitting around going, hey, "Why don't we go do this Google thing?" And he heard about it and immediately he was on that like a, a duck on a June bug. You bet, and uh,
2: it ties into Jim exactly. O'Leary, you know, in support of this uh, group of young people that really has done a tremendous amount of good as far as the image of Topeka goes. Let's talk movies. Let's talk Greg Palmer is my guest, and Greg used to be a guest on the show on a regular basis. We used to do this, what, once a month? Oh, I think Movie it was once every, cu- you, once every couple once every couple of months
0: yeah. or something like yeah. that. Was, I think it was whenever you couldn't come up with anybody else who was halfway decent <laughs> to come in. <laughs> Uh, what we used to do?
2: Well, we did several
0: things. You know, we did. We did a lot of theme stuff, uh, theme type movies. Movies uh, and TV. Uh, yes. Well,
2: we're getting that. into the holiday movie season.
0: We're getting into the holiday big movie se- movie season, and as anyone who pays even halfway attention to what goes on in the movies, this is when the big uh, the big movies of the year come out, and also. The ones that are going after the awards—they kind of like—they uh, don't necessarily have to make money, but they want somebody to say, "Oh, that was a wonderful movie. Let's give it an award."
2: And that's what we're going to be talking about today, folks. Hey, what else is coming up? We do have uh, Bill Griffin and Risa Quinn coming on for a few minutes. They're going to be talking about the Kansas Bowl. Then at 8:45, State Representative Ann Ma is going to be our guest, and we're going to be taking a look at the 2011 legislative session. Through the eyes of a Democrat, and the Democrats lost a few seats, uh, this year, so we're gonna be talking about, uh, what their legislative agenda is. And then around 9.15 or so, we have Earl Glenn coming in from the center, and John Arnold from the left of center. We're going to be talking about the top stories of the week and, of course, at 10 o'clock, Dave Jackson coming in. Lawn and Garden Tips. Okay, let's talk about what some of the strongest movies through the eyes of Greg Palmer are going to be over the holiday movie season.
0: Well, we're into it already, and actually to. Today is starting the big one of the holiday season, which is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Part one, what they did with this is that they filmed part one and part two together. It's the last of the books, and they wanted to go out big. And And if there's ever been a well a complaint other than the content of the... Movie about the uh, Harry Potter movies is, is they really only take a very, a, a, a skimming of of the topic on the book. So they won't, really don't go into a lot of depth. They how many a, Harry Potter movies has there been? I've never seen a Harry Potter movie. I, uh, okay, I'm not the biggest fan in the world. They're good, but it's it. I'm not the guy who's sitting out there in the wizard hat and a stick and a sleeping bag, uh, waiting to get into it. Uh, I think that. Some people probably tell me wrong. I think it's the sixth. Book. I think this is the sixth movie. Really? Yes. That many? There was. I think there were six. Six books, uh, and. Uh. Incredibly successful, one of the neat things is... All six? All That's six, blockbusters. Oh, oh, yes, yes, anybody in, anybody in... Well, okay, depends on how you define blockbusters, because apparently uh, the last movie still has not made a profit, even though it's done some, something like $400 million. Uh, he, the uh, the film companies ha- invented uh, accounting uh, skullduggery. They're able to. They're able to have movies that do four and five hundred million dollars that never break even.
2: Any Academy Award winners
0: uh, amongst this grouping of six movies? Uh, oh, they've they've won all sorts of them, but mostly going to be technical. I don't. I don't. I'm not aware of any actors. Although, quite frankly, the acting that goes into this is incredible. You have a tremendous uh, group of people who have been involved in this. Uh, many of them are are actually Academy Award winners in in other parts. And you don't even necessarily recognize them with the, with the makeup they have on. But this is part one, and then part two will be coming out, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, that's going to be coming out, I believe, in June. June or now, July. are these
2: movies PG, G, PG, PG-slash-R, pg 13
0: I'm going to guess PG-13. Again, I'm old enough that they no longer check. <laughs> uh and I would say in watching these there's there's there is violence, there's very scary stuff going on.
2: So they're geared to a younger but Risa you're, Quinn's gonna be joining us at 30 Risa, coffee's on.
0: But don't worry about it, there's no nakedness going on in any of this stuff. So it's 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 really they're geared
2: to a younger demo. Uh the over forty crowd, do they
0: they attend? still Harry to, they will Potter movies? They will go through it as parents and there are people out there are there are oh, there's Harry
2: Potter fans that yes. are fifty year, fifty plus. Yes,
0: they're good movies. Really, they're very well done. Yes, I cannot complain about that. Uh, but you've got, uh, we've got a bunch of these to go through. So let's not. that's that's the big one. That is the huge one that everybody's looking forward to, uh, and it's going to be uh, very much. Well, not everybody.
2: I'm not looking forward to it. I want to <laughs> see a rerun of It's a Wonderful Life. Other than that, I don't much <laughs> don't care about holiday holiday
0: movies. Yeah, but. you need to you need to go see some of these movies. Uh, one that I don't know if it's still showing here in town but uh... uh Secretariat everybody
2: is talking about Secretariat it's a movie wonderful
0: planned. wonderful a movie wonderful about movie. a horse now why
2: would I waste three hours of my life to watch a movie about a horse
0: well first of all it's gonna be about two two and a half okay two so, and a half yeah. hours uh, I'm gonna sit down in a theater how much do you know about the story of Secretariat? I don't know it's a horse that won a race that's uh, all I more need to know that. I think huh? that is incredible it's an incredible story. Uh, and, uh, and amazingly enough, there's also aspects about taxation because they almost lost the uh, the uh, farm and the horse because of inheritance taxes. Is
2: this kind of a that. black beauty type of story, a no, tear no, jerker, no, uh, lump tear in the jer- throat?
0: Tear jerker, lump in the throat, only because it's such a wonderful story. You know, you know, none of the horses are killed. Yeah. You know, nobody falls off and breaks their neck until after the movie. Where's the tear jerker coming? Out? It is just sex it, life or what? No, wonderful, warm. Uh, warm-hearted story and true. Yeah. Every bit of it is true. huh So, uh, but I would w- highly recommend this to you. Go catch that one. But you still haven't seen any of the Ice Age movies, and I've recommended that for years. No, I haven't
3: seen uh, any of those. We've
0: got a couple <coughs> of others. Okay. Tangled. Who? Tangled. It's a Disney cartoon. Okay. It's a takeoff on the Rumplestiltskin, or uh, your, I'm sorry, uh, Rapunzel story. Except Rapunzel's more of the heroine sort of thing of this. But it, it looks darling. It's a cute movie. Uh, another one for more adults is called burlesque, and that stars share and uh, um, uh, uh, christina Aguilera uh, and you know what burlesque is? I think so, okay, I think so, but explain it to me okay, just to make well sure. okay, I'm not an aficionado and I've never actually been to see one, but basically it is uh it is going to be beautiful women some uh some comics sometimes, although I don't know if that's involved in this. Uh, but uh, beautiful women. Okay. It is. It's not a strip joint. Now this isn't a
2: PG. Now we're getting into an R. Movie.
0: I'm going to say probably is a, It most likely is going to be an R. I was looking forward to it until Cher recently said some very nasty things, uh, and I'm, I'm now on a protest against her, so I won't go see it. So. She yeah she made a few political comments not too long oh, ago. Oh she yeah. she yeah. is as dumb as a box of uh, rocks. She's just.
2: Oh, geez. <laughs> now, this uh, is possibly an R movie, but most of your holiday releases you've talked about so far, Greg Palmer. Uh, yes. G's, PG's, geared to the families.
0: Yes. Now oh, the sure. R
2: releases—they come out what in the spring. Ooh, That's what it, you
0: have throughout the year. Throughout the year, uh, but Burlesque is going to is a very big, lots of dancing, lots of singing, great entertainment. Uh, you've got a number of people in this movie. Uh, that have been in other musical uh, movies and stage uh, presentations looked very good. I was really looking, as I said, I was really looking forward to it, and then she pulled some garbage. Uh, another one that's coming out that I don't know if it'll make it here, but it's called The King's Speech. Okay, what's it about? True story. Uh, King George the Sixth. You know, he took over from his brother when he abdicated for the woman he well, loved. Taken
2: over from King well, George V. Yes. Uh,
0: no, no. Uh, uh, pr- well, if he's King George the sixth. Well, King George I would the sixth was probably took no, over. no, no. The one that married uh, married the American divorcee. He took over when he abdicated. This is, okay. this is true. Back in the thirties, forties. Hitler was c- Hitler was coming to power. Yeah. World War Two was coming along. King George the sixth. Had to speak on behalf of the crown mm-hmm. because he was the king. He was a stutterer. Would not have worked well. Would have. Worked. And this is the story of how he uh, prevailed over his speech impediment. What do you sing? No, no, nope, nope, it's you know, it's, stutterers. That's a way they that is communicate. One, yes, Mel yes, Tellus is a perfect yep.
2: example. Yeah, and he can't a, complete a sentence. No, when he's this talking. Is, but he's a great singer.
0: Interest, interesting movie has nothing to do with this no, movie. No, he doesn't do any singing. No, right. this is not a musical. Right. Uh, but no, they, the guy in England had uh, had a very some very odd theories on stuttering, and this is how he helped him. Not because he didn't become a great speaker, but he know he could control his stuttering so that he'd say a few words in in public. Another interesting. Why do we have this
2: fascination with
0: the, the royal families <sighs> in Great
2: Britain? Well, they well, have no power. They're welfare recipients, basically. Yeah, they're living off of the taxpayers and
0: we'll the British will uh, Tradition is interesting, and but this was also back in the days when they actually did have uh, some more relevancy than they do today. They have no relevancy. They now. did then. None. They're, I, they're I gonna. They're gonna. I just a lot. don't understand the they're
2: fascination, gonna, especially in this country. Why do we care what the British royalty is doing? I care what the British Prime Minister is doing because mm-hmm. the Prime Minister has power. Has he power. can impact, you know, political yes. decisions. Yes. What's the royal family going to impact? They got a nice house. Yeah. They, they do. got some nice doodads. Yeah,
0: and living off the taxpayers, which. Yeah.
2: Similar, I guess, to forty-seven percent of uh, the adult yeah, population in this right. country living off the taxpayers. Hey, if
0: we if we were down to one uh, one uh, person living off the taxpayers, wouldn't you be happy? <laughs> so here we go. Okay, uh, another interesting one coming up is called The Black Swan, and that is a ball- uh, a movie based around ballet. Uh, Natalie Portman, I believe, is in that. I'm not really sure what it's all about. It's it's kind of it looks kind of differentish. Who's Natalie Portman? Uh, she year. was Queen Amidala in the Star uh, Star Wars one, two, and three. I never <laughs> saw a Star Wars movie either. She, um, she came after. Um, oh, who's your blonde from the beach movies? Um, Blonde from uh, Deborah Wally. No, no, you're back in your days that you keep wanting to wanting to watch more of her movies. Oh, Sandra Dee. Sandra, yeah, Sandra she, yeah, Dee. Of she course, yeah, she came after Sandra Dee, so you wouldn't uh, know who she is. I have no idea. Uh, yeah. Another one. So, uh, since you probably don't know who Natalie Portman is, and you're probably not a real big fan of uh, uh, ballet, you probably aren't going to go see the Swan. But that's starting the third of December. Uh, yeah,
2: I think you can pretty much etch that. You can
0: write that off. Stone. We're not going to okay. go over-seeing. Coming We're up the 10th of December, we have uh, have a movie called The Tourist. stars Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie. It looks to be... You actually,
2: like, for the first time, we've been on the air now for 16 minutes, just mentioned two people I've actually heard of.
0: Okay. Uh, These are the first two. I don't know where you come up with all these
2: names. All right, I've heard of these two. Now, this movie is about what? Okay,
0: I think it's kind of a spy-type movie or or a hitman or something like that. And Angelina Jolie apparently is one of the bad guys, and Johnny Depp looks somewhat like a bad guy. And so she kind of picks him up in Venice and starts having him hang around with her to, uh, my understanding, uh get the good, either the good guys or bad guys, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but he's kind of like a red herring and they're making it uh, look like he's the one that everybody's wanting, even though he isn't.
2: Well, there's a lot to choose from, obviously, uh, as far as holiday movies. Now, Greg Palmer, taking a look at the number of seats we have in movie theaters in Topeka today as opposed to 10 years ago, are we seeing a growth? Are we seeing a decline as far as uh, options, movie options in Topeka, are the oh, number of theaters? Okay. Are they on the same? Oh, decline? No,
0: number of movie theaters, number number of <coughs> screens. That's that's the the Kay. key. Far more movie screens than there were ten, fifteen years ago. Really? 20 years ago. Oh yes. Uh, and I, I say fifteen because I'm not sure. They're all out at River Hills, no, there, with the, not the sure. exception
2: of two at Whiteley or uh, Westridge. Now, is that it?
0: No, there's eight at Westridge. There's eight. Well, there sc- is. Yes, yes, eight screens, and that is that's a second run theater. Now the theater in the northwest corner,
2: freestanding, mm-hmm. Westridge Mall. Yeah. There's eight screens in there. Yeah, there's eight screens.
0: Really? Yes. Okay. You now really haven't gone to the movies. <laughs> no, I really haven't. Now, are these second? Hey, run? You know something are else? These oh, run? this is really an incredible movies? thing. They've added uh, talk and sound to the movies, and enough? there is color. No. Yes. <laughs> no. There's, there's <laughs> color on the
1: screens.
2: <laughs> I know that because I paid money years ago to see American
0: Graffiti. Okay. Uh, it was not color. <laughs> Greg Palmer is my guest. But eight the eight screens. You've got eight there and you've got uh, 14 up on the hill.
2: Okay. So those are the two theaters we have yes. in Topeka. That's okay. it. And
0: they're owned Nothing. by the same group.
2: Okay. Oh, they are? Yes. Now, the ones at Westridge, would that be second-run movies? Yes. Okay. Yes. And the first runs, they're on top River of the hills. hill. Okay. Yes. Very good. Number of seats? Are we drawing as many, uh, my many under, people to the my, movies no, today my, as opposed to 15 no. years ago?
0: My understanding, no. Actual attendance is down. Based on is numbers. Down. Uh, I don't know when the peak was, but my best, my guess is probably going to be in the se- sometime in the 70s or early 80s. Okay. Uh, however, you will see the, the the reports come out all the time about record box office. There's more money, but yeah, but the you're paying. Ten, twelve dollars a ticket. Yeah, fifteen years ago, a ticket would have been what? Five? Uh, somewhere around that neighborhood. Okay, and now yeah. it's
2: twelve to fifteen dollars.
0: Uh, I th- seriously? I think you're in that range. Somebody's going to correct me, but I know that you're looking. You're looking. Uh, well, also depending on the city. I think we're a little bit low below the average here in town. We're a little bit better. I think we're in the Oh, what the heck are we? I apologize. We always go to the... uh, We either get some free passes or uh, we go to the uh, matinees, which are cheaper. But they're still uh, $8.
4: Good night.
2: No, that's during the day.
0: Later at night, it's more expensive.
2: Okay. You know, with uh, the Blockbuster's closing, shutting down, how's that going to impact movie attendance? How's that going to impact movie revenue? Now, the reason Blockbuster and... uh, other video shops stores are shutting down is because all of this is available on the internet that is a
0: that is a big part of the us.
2: internet's become too big uh, of a competitor that they're the
0: reasons for the uh, blockbusters uh, closing or is the reason b i'm sure there's additional reasons why blockbuster because you do have other companies i mean you've got the family video here in town the 29th in nineteen-year-ish which 20, seems to be you've doing that well. out there and they've got it off gauge uh, down by uh, well oh, probably 1300 1400 block they seem to be right doing south good of business. the business. center uh-huh. but and then you also have what's called red box you've seen those around uh, yeah red yeah. holes
2: i think we have they're one at walgreens 40 and Wanamaker. Yes. Right, they're okay. a
0: dollar uh and they're not necessarily that old and some of them are fairly uh, recent releases there's a lot of change going on. There is. there's first of all there's piracy downloading going on that's been going on for years uh and is quite prevalent but there are also, uh, you have uh, Netflix and there's other companies out there, Hulu, things like that, that are doing the download for pay. Uh, well, are for your
2: production home? companies making as much money when they sell a movie on the Internet as opposed to running a movie at a blockbuster?
0: Yes and no there isn't there isn 't a revenue stream yeah. revenue stream can be excellent uh, incredible because the cost of production this is also why you only you, know, you don 't go to the movies so you don 't know it. a lot of the movies are no longer even coming out in film they 're coming out in digital they 're coming out on a computer hard disk and they are being, being projected on the screen um, I would say uh, twenty thirty percent of all the films are coming out that way and that's actually that 's actually a much better way of doing it now my understanding is in the industry they're they're charging way too much for that uh, but it becomes l- far less expensive that actually today we could create a computer on a uh, not, not computer I'm sorry, a movie on a under $5000 camera digital and it never goes to film and uh y- there are a couple of movies out now or coming out soon that cost under $15000 total to make uh right. The additional costs end up being promotion uh, and the magic stuff that the uh, the movie companies will toss onto stuff so that they never make a profit. Well, Greg
2: Palmer, is this uh, a movie town? And the reason I ask, Topeka is known as a dine-out town, you know, on a per capita basis. At one time, Topeka was in the top five in the country, I think, mm-hmm. in terms of per capita uh, dining out percentages. But if you're comparing Topeka to, say, Lawrence... Taking a look at the number of theater seats we have in Topeka as opposed to Lawrence, how are Lawrence, we doing as far as this being perceived as a movie community? I, I
0: wouldn't know for sure. I don't have any inside figures on that. Lawrence is probably very strong because you have a you have a lot of college students. Uh, college students are heavy consumers of movies. Uh, so attendees
2: are still that's still your younger demo.
0: You tend to be, although they're finding out now that there's a there's a definite market for adults, and I'm talking people 35 and plus. So it's it's uh, not uh, not uncommon that uh, some of the surprise hits they've had in the last couple of years have been because of people uh, who are not fighting acne. <laughs>
2: the 35 plus crowd are they looking for R rated movies? Do they want to go back to the P <laughs> PGs? Do they want to go to the Gs?
0: Depends on what, uh, There is not a. Are we seeing
2: a revolt? In other words, that we've got too many R's and R slash X movies out there? I, because I you would. mentioned a lot of movies this morning already. That would be in that G to PG category. Are we seeing a trend moving in that okay. direction?
0: Well, hard to tell because in actuality, if you look at the successful movies in the last 10 or 20 years, they're going to be they're going to be PG or PG 13s uh, by and large. handful of R's. Uh, I still believe the top rated R movie of all time or uh, grossing R movie of all time was Passion of the Christ, and that is not what you would consider your normal R movie. But yeah, it was an R. And a hard R at that. Uh, th- they're finding out that profit-wise, the I would call them tamer, more family-oriented type movies do very, very well. But they still, the movie companies still continue to put out some real garbage. So who, who knows? Uh, now, what makes a
2: movie PG-13 as opposed to PG? Dropping the F-bomb does that move you into the PG-13 category, or then do you go to the R category?
0: You've got a whole slew of things, and I don't, I don't know what the point system is. You say something like that one time, uh, it might put you to a PG-13. I don't know that it necessarily force you. I don't think no, couldn't possibly force you to be an R. Um, But it's also, if you start doing it 20 or 30 times. Uh,
2: Sex, language, and gore. That's what pushes you into another often, category, yes, right? Those yes. are the three categories. Those are
0: the things. There are, there are some people who sit in a dark room and watch the film and say, okay, this is a R or this is a, uh, they no longer have X. It's uh, no rating. And they come back and say, I don't want a no rating. I can't, uh, with no rating, you can't advertise it. Uh, and there's other problems. They tend to not really want to have an R too often. Uh, and, and then they'll, they'll be going back and forth on, you know, what do I have to take out to be to get this kind of a rating? So, and they've never asked me about that stuff, so I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. But basically, you, you start getting more. But there is, more
2: no, there is no fourth category then. We're talking sex, language, and gore. As say, far as movie ratings, there yeah. wouldn't be a fourth category. I We're not missing anything.
0: Uh, no. Not that I'm okay. thinking of. No, no. Okay. And that's basically sex and violence. Yeah. Yeah. And profanity as far as sex and you know, uh, but uh, there's a lot. There's a uh, there's a bunch of them. Um, let's talk about a couple more if we can. We've got the Tempest. Okay. You probably have heard of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it.
0: William Shakespeare wrote it, uh-huh. so uh-huh. so they didn't have to pay us a, a scriptwriter. Been around for a while. Uh, yeah, but the thing is that it's Helen Mirren is being the star, so it's kind of a it's it's uh, the hero is no is actual heroine. So uh, so it's a little bit of a switch on that, but it, it looks intriguing. Probably won't make it here. Uh, another real big one here for the holiday season is Chronicles of Narnia. This is the third one. It's the Don Treader, and that is an interesting movie. Uh, the bestseller series of books, children's books, very very well written. First movie was an incredible blockbuster. I think did five or six hundred million dollars. Second one Disney put out, uh, they messed it up. Uh, they brought it out in the middle of the summer. It's really a holiday type product. Mm-hmm. And the other stupidity is they there is a very strong Christian uh, outlook. And and uh, reference in these movies, and they really can downplayed you do it. that? Oh yes, it's allowed.
2: Really, yeah. still?
0: Yes, yes. Huh? Okay. And uh, the first one they downplayed it, and the second one they completely ignored it. Yeah. And the second one it still did the you know, 250, 300 million dollars, which is very big. But Disney dropped, uh, released their rights to do the rest of them along with Walden uh, Entertainment. And Walden has gone with another uh, company and I forget who it is, if it's Warner or somebody like that, but they're bringing it back, they're doing it at Christmas time, it's probably going to do very, very well.
2: Okay. Greg, we're just about out of time, my friend. Uh, the top two movies in your opinion, if you've got the kids or the grandkids coming in, uh, Please, teenage kids for the uh, holidays. You okay. want to take them to the movies. Where would you take the kids, the grandkids?
0: Harry Potter is going to be great. Tangled going to be great. Uh, let's see, Chronicles of Narnia is going to be excellent.
2: And Another stay one, away from.
0: Uh, stay that's away from th- Burlesque. Uh, but as far as
2: a movie that you just didn't enjoy or the uh, well, well, it has seen, really been panned.
0: Haven't seen them. They aren't. These aren't out yet, so you okay. don't know for sure.
2: Anything that's really been panned so far that. Uh,
3: that not, you're aware not, of not
0: really, not really. Okay. Right. Uh, but a the, the, couple other quick ones coming out. Seventeenth of December, Tron Legacy. Uh, Twenty-five years ago, first computer animate uh, computer uh, created movie Tron came out. Uh, didn't do all that well, but it's beca- over the years has become very very uh, respected. They're doing a sequel to that, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I'm just looking. Oh, True True Grit, True Grit. They're doing a remake of that and it really is going to be interesting.
2: Greg Palmer, good to see you, my friend. On deck, we have, we've got a crowd out there, Risa Quinn, uh, Bill Griffin, Mm -hmm. Representative Ann Maw. They're all there, and they're all going to be making an appearance in a few minutes. Stay tuned, folks. I'm Jim Keats.
5: CJOnline.com has been upgraded, and it's an entirely new way for you to experience your community.
6: More than ever, CJOnline.com has what you need when you need it.
5: As your morning starts, CJOnline.com is updated with overnight news, weather, and the morning buzz.
6: Throughout the day, they bring you developing stories, interaction, and commentary.
5: In the evening, they recap the day in news and sports and feature their local bloggers.
6: Experience local news and sports at CJOnline.com.
7: Your 24-7 Northeast Kansas News Connect action. Every three minutes, another woman gets the news that she has breast cancer. And here are some of the first words she hears. Her two new oncogene, aromatase inhibitor, ductile carcinoma in situ. What do these words mean? How are you going to decide what to do if you can't even say what you have? This is Olivia Newton-John. As soon as you get your diagnosis, you can go to breastcancer.org. It's a special place on the Internet where you can learn how to say all those breast cancer words and find out what they mean. At breastcancer.org, you can learn more about your particular kind of cancer and your treatment options. Prepare a list of questions for your next doctor's visit and get all kinds of other useful information to guide you and your family through this. Breastcancer.org The first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer.
8: Canada Drug of provides a safe and easy way
5: of delivering prescriptions to your door and saving you money every day.
9: Are your medication costs spiraling out of control? Is Plan D really saving you any money once you reach the donut hole? For many of us, saving money on skyrocketing medication costs has become a vital way of controlling those tight monthly budgets. I'm Eric with Canada Drug. We're locally owned and operated, have been for over five years, serving your friends and neighbors, helping them save thousands of dollars yearly on essential prescription medications. To find out how you can have more medication at the end of your month for less money, call us at Canada Drug today, 785-272-6100, or visit us just east of Watermaker on 17th between Applebee's and McDonald's. Canada Drug. Canada Drug of Topeka.
10: 272-6100. This is Risa with Lower Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. We are not just your heating and air conditioning experts. We also can take care of any of your plumbing needs, including sewers and backflow preventers. So call us now at 357-5123.
1: We're back with Jim Cates at CJOnline.com, your source for live Internet news, opinion, interviews, and conversation in Topeka. Here's Jim.
2: Okay, we're back. Golden Corral, 16th and Wanamaker, folks. They have the holiday fair on the buffet line now. They've got ham. They've got turkey. They've got it all, along with their uh, staples, such as all-you-can-eat sirloin steak. For around $10, folks, they are open for lunch and dinner seven days a week, and tomorrow on Sunday, breakfast as well. Okay, Representative Ann Mall is going to be joining us around 8.45, and she's in studio reading uh, Right of Center publication, and uh, we might see a different Ann Mall uh, in 15 minutes than we've seen before. We'll see. And we have Risa Quinn and Bill Griffin with us. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Good to have you with us. Bill, you've got an event going on at Hummer Sports Park. That's going to be ongoing throughout the weekend. We have how many teams coming in from throughout
11: the nation? Yeah, we have eight teams from around the country with the National Junior College Athletic Association Women's National Championship Soccer Tournament. We have teams from Georgia, Maryland, Michigan, New York, Iowa, Wyoming, Texas, and Arizona that Nine. are in town.
2: Okay, you've got eight teams uh, from around the country and Topeka. Uh, This is the national championship. Big deal for Topeka, obviously. Do we have a one-year guarantee? Do we have to do something this year to get this tournament back next year?
11: This was set up as a bid, and the bid was let about two and a half years ago as a collaboration. One-year bid? Yes, one-year bid for us. Collaboration between Visit Topeka, Hummer Sports Park, Parish Hotel Corporation, got together and was able to go out and make this bid and was awarded the bid thanks to actually the regional uh, directors here for the uh, NJ. CAA uh, helped us get the bid
2: what do we have to do this year in order to get this tournament back next year are they looking for attendance are they looking what are they looking for
11: I think it's an overall picture as you know it's certainly great to fill the stands and have a a good attendance things but just the way the tournament's handled how the uh, the park handles it how the uh, the hospitality piece of the program works as well hotels it's a complete package we have the uh, division chair from uh, the NJCAA here from uh, Maryland is in here. We have uh, several other officials that come in for the event, and obviously they're taking notes on how things go and and how well we run the program.
2: You know, and again, folks, we've mentioned this so many times over the past 12, 15 years, but when we've got an event such as this coming to Topeka, if you see somebody that you run into on the streets or whatever, they obviously are from out of town, out of state, just smile, say hello, and welcome them to Topeka.
11: You might prove
2: to be the difference. And and Jim, I
11: will say this. A lot of the teams have already told us that's happening.
2: Good. That, that they good.
11: feel very at home here in town. They've gone to several of the restaurants around and had great meals and great conversations and been treated very well. So I think Topeka is doing very well with this.
2: Good. Well, folks, let's continue that because it might be you saying, welcome to Topeka. We're glad to have you here. You might be the person, the individual that's responsible for getting some of these tournaments, these events back into Topeka because it's so important that we put on that good face that That's time. Right. Absolutely. That we are a warm, friendly community. Well, congratulations on getting this tournament here. We hope that they're coming back. Risa Quinn, Bill Griffin, we've got something big coming up on December the 4th, correct?
12: Yes, we do. This is the second annual
2: Kansas Bowl. You bet.
12: Yes, it is. And wonderful to have Washburn in this bowl game this year with Midwestern University out of Wichita Falls, Texas.
2: Okay, now that's not the team that was here last year.
12: No, sir. Uh, the team that was here last year was West
2: Texas A&M. I like that sir, by the way. No sir. Yeah, heavy on the A sign of respect, huh? Yeah.
3: <laughs>
11: respect your elders, isn't that what they say? Yeah, something like that. I, I just hope Representative Ma
2: treats me as well. So. Notice we're not going to say anything for
11: her. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking for as far as attendance
2: uh, coming out of Texas? Now, you had, what, 500 fans last year? The travels with the team
6: here? Yeah, it's five, h- five to
11: 600 bands was pretty yeah. accurate. Uh, well, we were just told mm-hmm. yesterday that Midwestern State is going to bring their complete marching band and cheerleaders mm-hmm. uh, along with them. So that's going to be at least two full busloads of just yeah. band members and the cheerleading squad as well. So uh, the alumni associations mm-hmm. had conversation with us. They're already buying some tickets. Uh, we expect a good crowd to come come out of Wichita Falls, and it's a little closer than uh, West Texas A&M was last
12: year. Yes, so. it is. Now, what, um, Midwestern
11: Where is Wichita has
12: 8,000 people that attend their home games. Oh, really? That is their yeah. attendance for a home game.
2: Yeah, that's big, then. That is. Yeah. Where is Wichita Falls?
11: It's in the northwest corner of Texas. Amarillo? Yeah. It, it's around left, up, Amarillo up in somewhere? That, in that area. Okay. So. Okay. Um, it's it's still a drive, but uh, in Texas, you know, it's, it's closer to... To hear that it is to Houston from Wichita Falls. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, so that's uh, that's big. Now, tickets, not bad. $15 adults, $10 kids, is that right?
11: Reserve tickets, which are new this year, $15. All right. There's three sections on the west side of the stadium, which is Mm -hmm. between the 45-yard lines. They have seat backs or reserve seats this year. $15. You can buy them at uh, Hummer Sports Park, the office. And Washburn University is selling reserve seats as well. And the general admission seats are available at Lauer Heating and Air, Yes. High uh-huh. uh, V, as well as the Sports Park. And okay.
12: those are $10. And those are $10. $10. And a kid's ticket is $5.
11: Correct. Oh, okay. okay.
12: But a $5 ticket goes all the way up to the age of high school? Twelve. Or 12. 12 and under. 12 and under. Okay.
2: Okay. Uh, and this is December the 4th. 1 o'clock. Tailgating... Tailgating rules at Hummer, right. uh, similar to KUK State. Everybody looks the other way as far as if you've got a little hooch in the trunk. How do you handle tailgating?
11: The official answer to this. Okay, let's get the official. The answer. official answer is this: is <laughs> Hummer Sports Park is its back and alcohol-free facility. Mm-hmm. All right.
2: Which is so. Uh, same can be said for Washburn KUK
11: State. Correct. Okay. Correct. Right. So I would imagine that we would follow the example set by Washburn, KU, and K-State.
2: Okay. Just use discretion, folks. Okay.
11: That was very good. No, so politics is not in my future, <laughs> so don't worry. Don't even ask. You handled that very well, by the
2: way. Very well.
11: Wow.
2: Anticipated crowd, now that we've got Washburn as a
11: well participant. In the stadium itself, we can seat 6,000 people without doing anything different. Uh, we're already moving in extra bleachers. Uh, we can get to a capacity of 8,000 with the extra bleachers that we have oh, wow. currently.
12: And those bleachers go in the end zones, is that yes. correct?
11: Yes, uh, they'll be on the end zone. one yeah. draws what for a football game, a home game? 4,000? Five? You know, I don't know. I would guess it's Jaeger would probably seat around five.
12: Okay. I was going to say five to six but but I guess I don't know what their capacity is but
11: well we've had it just looks pretty we packed. just had great excitement from the community already of contacting yeah. us yes. buying tickets wanting to know about tailgating and one yeah. you know what what do we need to do well now they uh, know we about have, tailgating
2: yeah <laughs> yes, <laughs> we take
11: care of that <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we have a welcome banquet that yeah. is mm. uh, Friday night before. Uh, that uh, we'll have both teams there. Public and fans are invited, mm-hmm. but they need advanced reservations. They need to, to place their uh, reservations with us no later than a week from Sunday, the 28th. And uh, they can call 633-8448 for that because that's the only way you're going to get reservations. We do not sell tickets at the door, so it's an advanced deal. Uh, and we're expecting probably 600 people for the banquet. Uh, oh well. Wow. So And if you bad. get a
12: chance to go to the banquet you should it's go. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. The coaches uh, last year were called up there and had to dance. Yeah, Their yeah. teams got such a kick out of that. It was this banquet is awesome. So you really should call that phone number.
11: Whatever it
12: was. 633 three, <laughs> eight, four, four, eight. <laughs> I don't have to memorize it. I've got it in my phone.
2: How'd you get Washburn this year? Because Washburn and Saint, uh, Western Missouri. Missouri Western. Yeah. Same record. Now, You're Washburn like, had first grabs uh, no, between us too. and
11: the Mineral Water Bowl. How did that work? Actually, this year it worked out I mean, almost the way the uh, contract stated, is that the national playoffs take the top teams from each conference the Lone Star, as well as the MIAA. This year, the national playoffs invited Northwest Missouri State out of Marysville, Central Missouri State out of Warrensburg, but they also took Missouri Western. Missouri Western was the third team in the conference, but they were invited to the national playoffs. Well, we have the opportunity to take the next highest-ranked team in the conference, which in this case was Washburn.
2: Okay, so the MIAA, you rank ahead of the Mineral Water Bowl now. If you the, have the, the, actually, you've, we, if you've got first grabs, we well, now have
11: moved ahead of the mineral water bowl. Actually, the the choice lies with the team. Is, is the way it is is written oh, in okay, the contract. Right. The choice lies there. We are fortunate enough that our bowl package is um, more enhanced, shall we say, than the mineral water bowl. Um, so th- so we give the teams a better option and a better opportunity to come and play. Now, Weichburn was pretty well-set that they would love to be able to play a postseason game in their own town. So Mm -hmm. there was was a lot of positives going for us. But this year, the top three teams went to the national playoffs, so there was no question about tiebreakers or anything else. If we'd have got into a tiebreaker situation with Missouri Western and Washburn, Missouri Western had the tiebreaker because they beat Washburn by three points this year.
2: And Missouri Western indicated they also wanted to come to the camps. Absolutely. So if it would have been... Missouri Western and Washburn, then Missouri Western would so have had, had the first choice. Right. Washburn would be
11: in Excelsior Springs on, right. in if, December. Yeah, they, they could have Missouri have Western that. would have been here then. Could have yes. happened. Yes. Could oh, have okay. happened. Yeah. So the marbles fell right for hmm. us this year.
12: That's true. And I think everybody needs to know, too, that the mayor did uh, sign a proclamation that November 29th through December 4th is cancelable Week in the city of Topeka. All right. So they should be watching the Cansable Facebook page, yep. the Kansas Bear Facebook page, <laughs> and there'll be things that week. Come out and meet the teams. Um, okay. and folks, it gives you
2: a good opportunity to support something good that's happening in Topeka, yes. and uh, let's put on let's put on a good show for our visitors especially those coming out of Texas. And uh, this game is going to garner uh, national attention, obviously. It's a legitimate uh, bowl. Yes, it is. So let's do our best to support it. Bill Griffin, oh, are yeah. good. Risa Quinn. All right. Thanks for coming in. Thank By the you. way, your favorite all-time holiday movie would be? We just had Greg Palmer on oh. the show. We were talking about holiday movie releases. And
11: White Christmas.
2: Yeah, <laughs> mine's got to be White That's Christmas mine. All, as well. Really? Neither one of you ever saw It's a Wonderful Life? Yes. Yes,
12: I like it. I yeah. like it, but I I was a huge White Christmas fan, and by the way, Lauer is one of the sponsors of White Christmas at the Civic Theater this year. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. You're giving me trouble about my answer on tailgating. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I'm going to stay with It's a Wonderful Life. You know, I'm not a big movie buff. That is I think, a good uh, movie. Uh, the Sweet. last movie I think I paid money to see would have been 1973, maybe, American Graffiti. Pretty, you know, pretty good, good. movie. I'm just going to end it on this note. Yeah. <laughs> you any better than that? Don't think i will back. Really? Yeah, yeah. Not a movie buff. I'd rather go to Bullfrogs and drink beer, which, by the way, which, is a sponsor of the show. Yes, and they are. Twenty and Wanamaker, 55 TVs for your a viewing pleasure. If you're a sports aficionado, especially any game that's televised anywhere in the country, they can pull in off a of satellite. All you have to do, if you're a Chicago Bulls fan or whatever the case may be, they can get that game for you at Jeremiah Bullfrogs. Check it out, 29th and Wanamaker, and the food is good as well. On deck, we have Representative Ann Moss. Stay tuned. More to come. thank me yet, we're not. CJOnline.com
5: has been upgraded and it's an entirely new way for you to experience your community. More than
6: ever, CJOnline.com has what you need when you need it.
5: As your morning starts, CJOnline.com is updated with overnight news, weather, and the morning buzz.
6: Throughout the day, they bring you developing stories, interaction, and commentary.
5: In the evening, they recap the day in news and sports and feature their local bloggers.
6: Experience local news and sports at
5: CJOnline.com. Your 24-7 Northeast Kansas News Connection. Topeka Collegiate, Topeka's only independent school, treats every child as gifted. Each student is encouraged to excel in a caring, small-class learning environment guided by humanitarian principles. At Topeka Collegiate, children fall in love with learning. Enrollment is limited. Call 228-0490 or visit our website at topekacollegiate.org. Topeka Collegiate School, educating children for life.
0: Excuse me, why are you saving those old eyeglasses? You know the ones, stuck away in the desk drawer, haven't been worn in years. Yeah, those. You should donate them to your local Lions Club. Lions Clubs have been collecting used eyeglasses for years. They'll take your old eyeglasses and recycle them for someone in need of proper eyewear. Call your local Lions Club for information
13: on where you can donate your old eyeglasses. Lions Clubs International. We serve.
14: Hi, I'm Richard Roundtree. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yes, you heard me right. Men get breast cancer too, and men need just as much help understanding what their doctors tell them as women do. But where do you go to get that kind of help? Go to breastcancer.org a special place on the Internet that helps you understand the kind of cancer you have, your treatment options, and all the big words your doctor uses. Breastcancer.org is the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer.
1: We're back with Jim Cates at cjonline.com, your source for live Internet news, opinion, interviews, and conversation in Topeka. Here's Jim. Okay, coming in. Minutes uh, from the center representing the center, Earl Glenn.
2: Yes, indeed, and representing the somewhat left of center, John Arnold. We're going to be talking about the top stories of the week. And again, this week I am going to be paying President Obama a compliment. And he hasn't received too many on uh, this commission to reduce the federal deficit. He's catching nine kinds of hell from everybody, the right and the left. And uh, basically, this commission, everybody's ox is getting gored, but it needs to be. Folks, if we're going to really show some responsibility on reducing the federal deficit, I think this commission, they've really come up with something pretty good. But we'll be talking about that in a few minutes. For the next uh, 20, 30 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about uh, what's going to happen under the dome here in Topeka in 2011. And, well, you lost uh, a lot of your colleagues this year. What happened? And why? Now, uh, by the way, you're a state representative from southwest or southeast Shawnee County, mm -hmm. western Douglas County, the northeast corner of Osage County.
8: No, I don't have anything in Osage County. You
2: don't have anything in Osage. Okay, just just Douglas and Shawnee.
8: In Shawnee County, um, you know, Democrats did very well. Um, All of us are going back.
2: By the way, I'm going to yeah. have you change sure. mics if oh, you could. Okay. This one is a little weak. The others all work a whole lot better. So why don't we just grab that one, okay? See if that doesn't work a little better. Uh, turn it around. Oh. There you go. Okay. Representative Ann Mall is my guest. yeah what okay. happened election night and why?
8: Well, in Sh- like I said, in Shawnee County, we, we did fine. All of our um, Democrats are going back. Um, and we even elected... Uh, Chris Biggs, Steve Six, and Dennis McKinney in Shawnee County. Uh, But um, statewide, you know, there was some Washington fallout. I think you could probably um, account for maybe 5 or 6 percent swing based on that. But most of it was outside money. The state chamber has something it wants, and the Cokes, and they pumped hundreds of thousands of dollars into uh, beating particularly freshmen. We had a lot of uh, Democratic freshmen, and as you know, it's easier to take out a freshman than anybody. And, uh, you know, what they want is to totally eliminate the corporate income tax. A 250 million dollar gift to the chamber, and you know if they could buy that with a few hundred thousand dollars, then they got a good deal. If
2: we eliminated the corporate income tax, Representative Ma, mm-hmm. would there be a possibility that would bring jobs into Kansas? Because now we've got a competitive advantage over Missouri, Oklahoma, uh-huh. Nebraska, Colorado, wouldn't we?
8: Not enough. I mean, 250 million dollars is, is—it's kind of like trickle down on steroids. And if that worked, then uh, when they made the 800 million dollar in cuts, when uh, uh, Governor Graves was governor, we'd be rolling in jobs. So, no, what this is, is just a gift that they want. And we've done a ton of work lowering business taxes over the last few years. Don't get me wrong, I believe in providing incentives for people to bring jobs here. And what we've done is working. We're bringing, I I can tell you, of over 10,000 jobs that I know are coming here in the next two years. So we've done some very smart things, like um, eliminating the business and equipment property tax that right away. So you're jobs saying lowering
2: in. taxes does bring jobs. When
8: you target them to where you know retains
2: and brings jobs into Absolutely. Our community. when
8: right. you target them at things you know will produce results. But what the chamber wants is just a gift. And now they've spent the money to get it, so we'll see if they do.
2: Well we're gonna have to give a gift to beach, aren't we? To Beechcraft. I don't know what to What is that's going wrong down there?
8: I, you know, I'm just not that familiar with with Beechcraft and what their issues are with but the. But this has got to be,
2: you know, first and foremost on your legislative agenda, doesn't it? For everybody in the state, if we lose Beechcraft. Mm-hmm. You know, in Wichita, mm-hmm. this is going to impact the state of Kansas because we're talking sure. 5,000 jobs.
8: And it's one of our top industries, so there has to be concern, but mm-hmm. all I'm telling you is I'm not on the inner circle of what our options are to offer them that makes sense. So. Well, I don't
2: understand the whole situation. <laughs> yeah. You know, Governor Parkinson, to give him credit, it looks like Beechcraft was on a fast he made track. It, yeah, and he, to go he to stopped Baton the Ruiz, train, Louisiana. that's for sure. Slowed it down, but yeah. basically it was all based on this machinist union vote, apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and where the machinist union was going to have to voluntarily give up 10% of the pay, $27 an hour down to $24, Mm -hmm. and uh, the the employees were going to have to start paying a larger share of health insurance. Mm -hmm. The union employees rejected this. And and what in God's name was (laughs) going through their mind to where you would reject a $24 an hour job in favor of going on unemployment for $400 a week? I, I don't understand. I don't
8: either. I don't either, so... I guess we'll find out when the session starts uh, what some of the options are.
2: But you, as a legislator, Mm -hmm. you've been around long enough, you're in a leadership position. You're a well-respected legislator in this community. You've received nothing. From anybody on the Beechcraft situation, I am really surprised.
8: Well, I think people are still looking at the options and trying to figure out what can be done, and I'm sure there are talks going on with the machinists, and right now we're just, you know, nothing's coming public on it. But I'm sure as soon as the session starts that uh, that will become a top topic. But, you know, we have a lot of big things going on that will produce, you know, jobs. as well as Beechcraft, we've got a huge effort going on to uh, pump up the biosciences in Kansas. Uh, we're doing a great job. Headlines recently
2: are a little frightening. You know, now well,
8: politics seem NBAP to be coming thing, into play yeah. on the NBAF yeah. You know, what's so funny is they talk about that. What nobody brings up is that the, um, the comparable facility for studying human disease, the CDC, mm-hmm. is in downtown Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, we know yeah. how to do these facilities safe. And it's always good to ask the question, are we being as safe as we can be? God knows we don't want a biological disaster over in Manhattan. Anything but I think we know how to build a safe facility and manage it. We've proven that already, and we can do it again.
2: Well, Representative Moll, you know, I hope partisan politics on both sides of the fence doesn't come into play on MBAP. You know, it's it's too big of an investment for k- Kansas. Oh, this absolutely. is going to be potentially huge. And I hope, you know, we don't get into an I-got-you game on either side of the fence.
8: Oh, I don't see that happening. Not on this one. Okay. You think no. everybody's going
2: to work in concert Everybody's then?
8: been together on this from the beginning. Sibelius, you know, invited Republicans to the table to fight for this thing in the mm-hmm. first place, and it's been bipartisan all the way along. Good. Do
2: you see anything coming up in January because of the recent headlines? Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about, well, do we really want this here? Mm-hmm. We had some spokesperson from Manhattan saying, yeah, we need a few more safeguards before we want MBAF coming to our community. I uh, don't know. It's just, it's...
8: I don't see it, uh, you know, I don't think there's on anything on the agenda. That's happen can't, no. uh, legislatively,
2: we've done all we need to do, yeah. all we can do. Yeah.
8: We've provided uh, the, the money to um, provide the uh, infrastructure for the facility and everything that we need to do. So now it's just a matter mm-hmm. of keeping it rolling.
2: Okay, so everything's good to go there. As far as I know. Okay, uh, and I want to talk about your legislative agenda, the Democrats' sure. legislative agenda. But first, I had a guest on the show last uh, Monday. This guy was good. The director of the Manhattan Regional Airport. Now, to let you know what's happening in Manhattan, they now have three flights a day flying out of Manhattan nonstop to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're filling 80% of the seats. Mm-hmm. This is hugely successful. Starting yesterday, they now have flight uh, flight a day Mm -hmm. in and out of Chicago. Uh, For the first week, I think, seats are full. Mm -hmm. Can't can't book a seat. This is going to be potentially successful. Mm -hmm. This director of the Manhattan Regional Airport, sharp as could be. Mm -hmm. You know, in Topeka, it seems like we've always had this can't do Mm -hmm. attitude when it comes to commercial air service. A million reasons why it's not going to work in Mm -hmm. Topeka. Manhattan, just having this guy on the show, mm-hmm. it was a can do, yeah, now, one of the things that Manhattan asked for was two million dollars from the state that Manhattan could potentially use if in fact you know air service was going to be slow in taking off, pardon the pun, right in other words, if they weren't filling enough seats, manhattan needs needed some type of a guarantee.
3: Mm-hmm
2: to help the airlines to make sure the airline wasn't going to lose money by coming into Manhattan. Mm-hmm. $2 million out of the state, $250,000 of local money was raised. Okay. Well, the bottom line, they haven't had to tap into the state money. Mm-hmm. All that money is going to go back to the state. Uh, they're in good shape. In fact, they built up enough credits mm-hmm. as a result of this thing being hugely successful in Manhattan. Uh, they don't need any credit money for the Chicago flight. Everything's going mm-hmm. well in mm-hmm. Manhattan. You've been around as a legislator for how long? Six years. Six years, mm-hmm. okay. Wichita for years has been getting 5 to $10 million a year to subsidize commercial air traffic. I
8: think it was $5 million, but that's actually a statewide fund that could be used by other cities, not okay. just Wichita. But it just typically it. has gone to them. And yeah. Manhattan's
2: gotten it because Manhattan's gotten their $2 million for commercial mm-hmm. air service because... They They're ask the last for it. it. <laughs> and the yeah. point being, has anybody from the city of Topeka, our city mm-hmm. council, our city leaders, uh-huh. our chamber, have they ever come to, see, uh, to you, Representative Mall, saying, hey, it's time we get off the dime. It's time we get away from this cannot-do attitude. And it's time we go after commercial air service. We need some type of a fund we can draw from mm-hmm. in Topeka.
8: Have you ever been asked? A couple years ago, um, I was in a meeting talking about things in general with folks from the chamber and local leaders about things that could be happening. They were talking about the riverfront, redoing the
7: viaduct,
8: Mm. and they brought up, you know, could we get a chunk of the money? And then it just dropped. Nobody ever came forward to ask us for anything with a a proposal. I mean, you have to have a proposal. You can't Mm. just say, well, gosh, we'd like some of that money. Uh, you have to sure. have a proposal for what you're going to produce. And this has to
2: start from our city from leadership. local leadership. Well, I've absolutely. got Bill Bunton coming on the show, right. and the mayor is a good friend, and uh-huh. he's going to be back with us Monday, and I'm yeah. going to ask the same question of him. Yeah. Why aren't we going to our Shawnee County delegation? Yep. Why aren't we asking for the same funds that Manhattan got?
8: Well, they $2 have $2 to have a plan, dollars? too. You can't just ask for the money. Right. You have to have a plan right. of what we're going to do, who sure. we're working with, uh, what it's going to produce. Will the people use the service? And that's what's always happened here before is you had the service and, and People didn't use it. Well, we did use it. Well, the Allegiant. Las Vegas flight. Okay. The Las Vegas flight, I think, and I don't know what happened there. It certainly wasn't the people at Topeka. But in terms of a business flight and, and, you know, going to Dallas or going to Chicago, the people have to, to use it. So. but And, and you I know, think they think. would. Jim, I'm not arguing with you. I'm yeah. all for it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I used to, uh, when we had a lot more um, employees here in town and I worked at Southwestern Bell, we had flights out of here to Dallas. Uh-huh. Now, we don't have enough employees to support that anymore. And um, at the time, evidently, we didn't either because it, it just went away because nobody was using it.
2: But, Anne, you know, just envision, as, uh, Representative Ann Maw is my guest. Uh, Earl Glenn just walked in. And, Earl, if you want to strap on the headphones, you're welcome to do so. Um, but, Ann, just envision if Manhattan would have had the can't-do attitude, mm. if we would have had the can-do. Sure. If we would have had these three flights a day out of Topeka going to Dallas, mm-hmm. everybody currently boarding these flights in Manhattan, where would they be boarding now if Manhattan didn't have this service? Yes. and if Topeka I don't did, disagree
8: with you. Don't ask me why the city doesn't have a can-do attitude. Yeah, I mean, it's just this, you know,
2: excuse that, well, we're too close uh, to Kansas City. That's nonsense. Yeah, it's yeah. just utter nonsense, and I think Allegiant proved it. Yeah. Hey. A. Because we were filling the seats. 80% of the seats were full. Sure. Flying in and out of the We Michigan. like Las
8: Vegas, evidently.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> the thing was, you know, because we flew a Legion twice, mm-hmm. and just taking a look at the license plates yeah. in the parking lot out of yeah. the airport. Maybe 25 percent, maybe 25 percent of the plates were Shawnee County plates. Yeah. The other 75 percent, Lyon County, Gary County, Raleigh County, Pottawatomie County, you name yeah. it, drawing people into this community.
8: Okay. You want to talk about some state issues now? Well, we'll get around to it. I just <laughs> wanted to get off of that rant. But the bottom
2: line, I had a feeling it
8: was heavy on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to make the point to
2: Mayor Bunton that you, as a six-year legislator, mm-hmm. And as one of the leaders in the Democrat Party, certainly locally, you've never been officially asked to do anything as far like as... I said, it was
8: brought up one time in one <laughs> meeting, but I've never seen a proposal on well, it. Well,
2: I've heard the same thing from yeah. Republicans that have sat where you're sitting yeah. now, mm-hmm. they haven't been asked either, nope. which makes no sense. But, okay, <clears throat>
3: there you
2: I go. know where to go with Mr. Bunton Monday morning. We'll have some fun with this. Now, <clears throat> Ann Maul... You lost uh, a lot of colleagues oh, statewide, and mm-hmm. as you pointed out, Shawnee County has become a Democrat county. Uh, Chris Biggs carried the county, as you pointed out. Yep. Dennis McKinney carried the county.
8: Yeah, Steve Six.
2: And Six carried mm-hmm. it as well. Yeah. And uh, so this county is starting to tilt Democrat on
8: Well, I think no that this county it, is starting lost to vote a lot for of the seats. person and not the party. Mm-hmm. That's the deal. We have a lot of independent thinkers in Shawnee County. Who just don't go vote party line, they look at the person, and I think that's very encouraging,
2: yeah, well, we didn't have any turnover uh, in Shawnee County. Nope. no the it's closest all the same would folks. have been uh, the Becky neosi Andy teacher yeah, that, that was, was a tight race, and she had a tight. lot of
8: outside mm-hmm. money pumped in as well, so yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Becky Neosi, this is a real comer, I think, and everybody was talking about mm-hmm. her you know when the campaign started so. yeah. But other than that, there was no close race in Shawnee County. You won 61-39. Mm-hmm. Joe Patton won 61-39. Yeah. Lana Gordon won 61-39. Andy Keither 59-41, I believe. Something the like that, yeah. yeah. The only close race we had was Becky Niosi and right. Andy Keith. And when you're when letter. you're
8: more of a freshman, you're you're it's um, easier target. So that was uh-huh. the one that made sense to go after. Kay.
2: Well, you know, up until this year, uh, you've had a pretty good run as a Democrat because mm-hmm. a we have so many. Rhino Republicans have had in the past. A lot of those are gone now. That basically the Democrats I've contended over the years mm-hmm. have basically ruled the roost in the state of Kansas well, legislatively. Because even though your weekend. numbers have yeah. been small, you've always had enough Republicans that have sided with the Democrats. The Democrats have gotten their way for years. That might not happen in the House this year because we've really seen a tilt right. to the right.
8: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, there's the, the coalition that um, kept the state on track last year is gone. We uh, went with the governor's proposal to not gut this state anymore, not gut our education system, not raise property taxes, and we went with the sa- his sales tax proposal instead of the speaker's property tax proposal, and we kept teachers in the classroom. In fact, um, what we did with that sales tax actually kept the state on track to going into the black our revenues bottomed out in september in october they were up and now they're projected to keep uh, keep going up the next two years the consensus revenue group came back with a forecast of increased revenues now so what we did last session really helped save the state the governor was right on target and i was really proud of what the coalition did to support his plan Um, now you know it's up to the folks that got elected and i hope that they can keep the wheels on with all the promises they made it will be very interesting to watch Okay, your legislative
2: agenda come two thousand eleven because mm-hmm. you're not going to have especially in the house right you're not going to have this uh... moderate slash rhino whatever you want to call that crowd. the crowd coalition the coalition yeah, right. by and large they're gone yeah, because the republicans picked up sixteen three. seats right yeah. now have ninety two seats i believe to the democrats yeah, thirty three right. yeah. Right.
3: yeah. yeah,
8: yeah. So it'll be interesting to watch. Um, I mean, the, the platforms, some of them ran on. Some of them ran on repealing the sales tax. That's not going to happen. Um, some of them ran on the health care reform issue. That's a federal issue. Um, it'll be resolved in before the Supreme Court one way or the other. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how they um, do this thing they're wanting to do, which is they say they want to keep education on track, but they want to give uh, this 250 million dollar gift to the chamber i'm not sure how they make all that work we'll find out that I mean, i'm going to i'm going to enjoy just sitting back watching them try to keep all the, the different interests they've Well i can't imagine to. you sitting <laughs> back uh, this is going to be something to watch uh, you sitting back well no you know i won't <laughs> be doing that i think i think that here's what i think the democrat's job is going to be this year it's going to be our job to shine a light on the really Bad things that are going to come forward and say, "Hey, you know, I know you think that you guys think this is politically, you know, the the right, right thing to do, but hey, let's not let's not kill the state. Let's keep our cool heads. So part of our job will be to shine a light. Uh, part of our job will be to sit back and let the other side implode because I think we have the coalition kept the state from feeling some pain. Uh, we kept teachers in the classroom." We kept prisoners in prison. We kept seniors in their homes. And when that falls apart, people are going to go, oh, my God, what did we do? It will be just like the uh, time they elected the State Board of Education that totally embarrassed the state, and then people woke up and said, maybe we should start paying attention to who we put on the uh, Board of Education. I think that's going to happen in the legislature, too.
2: Yeah, As you know, I'm very, very disappointed in our Supreme Court in the state. And because they got involved in this whole education issue. Well, they, now, I believe, okay. you know, the Supreme Court had a right and a responsibility and an obligation to get involved in terms of the state formula. You know, if mm-hmm. you've got a kid in Trigo right. County that's being penalized in favor of a right. kid in R- Wyandotte County. And that's what they did, Jim. But, well, they didn't do that. They yeah, got they involved did. in the funding issue, and well, at the same the time. Well,
8: that's what it does, Jim. It funds education. <laughs> but they got
2: involved in dollar mm-hmm. amounts, and Ann, that's wrong. You no, know, they didn't,
8: Jim. Let me tell you what they did. Well, sure because they did. You keep saying that, and it's not true. Well, it is true. No, uh-huh. what they said was let me let just let me tell you what they did, because you keep saying this all wrong every time. It's time to get it right. <laughs> the 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 state supreme court did not quote, get involved. The case came to them through mm-hmm. the legal channels. When the people feel that the legislature has done something unconstitutional, the way our constitution mm-hmm. provides for them to resolve that question is to take it to court. Mm-hmm. And it is the supreme court's job to decide whether or not they're going to accept that case or what to we say did oh, oh, this is, is constitutional. Fair. Okay. Right. Now, what, what they found mm-hmm. when they heard both sides is they said this is unfair. The kids out in Trigo aren't getting the same education as the kids in in Overland Park. And they said, we don't know how much money that is. We heard the testimony. We don't know how much that is. Legislature, you go back and you determine how much it is, how much it takes to provide the same education statewide. The court did not decide that. The legislature did. The legislature went back. We hired consultants. We used our post-audit group. We did our own study, our own study, not the court's. And when we took that study back to the court, we said, here's our study. It says we're $800 million short. And the the court said, okay, go implement your, your study. The court did not set the amount. The legislature did.
3: Well,
2: I don't know. Uh, well, you don't know, Jim. That's why you keep. <laughs> I'm telling you,
8: that's what happened. You keep re- re- you keep repeating the fantasy you want to believe. But that's where <laughs> the Supreme
2: Court went. Uh, they went overboard. They went no, too far with it when they said they spend said the 800 million dollars. They, well,
8: they said go implement your own formula. We don't. You just told us how much it was. Okay, go ahead and go do it. Yeah. That's what they said.
2: Implementing the formula <laughs> without getting involved in the 800 million dollar expenditure. I'll go as oh, far yeah. as the Supreme Court should have said: implement <laughs> your formula but not getting involved in the dollar. Well, they said, of go
8: implement your formula. You're telling us your formula is $800 million. Okay, go do the $800 million.
2: Well, the one bright <laughs> spot. You know, on retention of Supreme Court judges, okay. historically in the state, yeah. you know, this has been a 70-30 vote. Not this go-around. It was actually 62-38. More but that was all about saying, abortion,
8: uh-huh. not not school funding. That was Kansas for Life trying to unelect um, people that didn't support their views on abortion. That's all that was about.
2: My no-votes had everything to do with education.
8: Well, you yeah, were in that the minority. Well, because I know uh, who's uh, putting the money into the campaign. <laughs> and, you nothing. know, that's fair. I mean, that's what they do. I mean, anybody who has an interest in, in the Supreme Court can go out there and and uh, fight for or against the judges they like or don't like. That's the part of the system.
2: Well, Ann, you pointed oh, out, you know, obviously, obviously there's going to be a conflict <laughs> or two coming yeah. up in the 2011 session. But something, hopefully, Democrats rhinos, mm-hmm. conservatives, will all work together in concert with, and that's capers funding because oh, we've yeah, got a problem. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are one of the states. Yep. Uh, we're in trouble mm-hmm. as far as the integrity of our pension fund. Right. What do we need to do? Through the eyes of a Democrat, how do we solve this? How do we get this fund back on solid financial footing because it's not now?
8: Well, we have to put everything on the table. I think we have um, some good folks. We've got a lot of history we have to overcome. You know, we just didn't get here in a day. Um, You know, there were bad decisions. There was, um, back in the early 90s, they just flat got some bad actuarial information. Um, The state has never, as far as I can tell, paid in its full employer share um, and probably 4% was too low. Now you know (laughs) that the the teachers came into this because (coughs) they were in trouble anyway. So when mm-hmm. the teachers, which is the biggest part of this fund, came mm-hmm. in, they were way underfunded. It it started out bad. And then when the economy went south and the market tanked, we went all of a sudden in a couple of years from a $4 billion problem to an $8 billion problem. I mean, it had the same problem that all of our 401Ks had. But now we're back to seven. Because at one time we had a plan to be out of this by 2018. Um, when revenues were looking good, and then when the revenues went south because of the tax cuts and the job losses, um, then that plan um, all fell apart. So everything has to be on the table. Let's jump to the end. We've got to look at increasing the employer contribution. We may have to look at increasing the employee contribution. um, Like every other fund that's out there. You would agree to both of those? I'd want to see some proposals. I think we're going to have to have a mix of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did do that for employees we started hiring after 2009. Mm-hmm. We raised the number of points you have to have to um, retire. Mm-hmm. And just like any business, we need to be doing that every two or three years. We need to be revising the plan for new people that come in because life expectancies change. I mean, the, part of the problem is we didn't change that plan for decades. You know, it's the same mm-hmm. plan it was a long time ago. So um, we have to look at uh, everything that's out there on the table.
2: We're going to resolve it?
8: Uh, we're we're going to have to. what you're hearing from the
2: other side of the aisle?
8: You everybody know is going to work in concert. They didn't do anything one. with it. Don't forget, I, there isn't a Democrat in the House that runs the committee. All these <laughs> committees are run by Republicans. But so, as we pointed <laughs> out earlier in the I'll show. Be, I'll be very supportive. <laughs> but, you know, we don't have the coalition, Jim. So, you know, we will be supportive of keeping that fund solvent. Yeah. Absolutely. that That is not a partisan issue. That's something that well, we you're all. are still going to have a coalition,
2: coalition because, Representative Mall, you still have the State Senate where Mm -hmm. we do have the coalition still will be at work at the state senate nothing's changed there except their
8: backbone every four years too right before an election (laughs) (laughs) but if anything our state senate actually (laughs) might have
2: taken a slight turn to Uh, the left
8: i don't know um you know there'll be several new seats but i don't see anybody um i don't see any of the seats changing really on political philosophy i think the the people who are the replacements will probably be like the people they replaced so i think the senate will be Pretty much like it was last year, and thank goodness, because I think we're going to need them to hold the line on some kind of silly stuff that'll probably come over from the house.
2: Now, what silly stuff do you anticipate coming oh, up, over from the house? Oh, just wait and see. I'm now, not going to tell. Do you you. That be,
8: huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> things like here's one for you: um, showing your birth certificate to register to vote. Now, that's just nuts. That would absolutely shut down voter registration altogether. That's not a voter protection. And you're not again. serious. Have you, were you drinking before
2: you <laughs> came in this morning? And you're not you think, serious. You you're think you should serious. have
8: to show a birth certificate to register to vote?
2: I think that voter <laughs> ID is no, a that's very a different sound, thing. sensible thing. That's a different saying. thing. That's
8: not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about showing your ID when you vote. I'm talking about showing your birth certificate to register to vote.
2: So you're saying as far as being a bona fide citizen of the country, not that important. No,
8: no, I'm saying there's a better way to prove it, Jim. But like, for example, I've registered hundreds of people in their homes. I would not have been able to register anybody at their home, at a grocery store, at a church or anywhere, if that particular law was in place. All that would be stopped because you'd have to go to an official Registration location and show your birth certificate. You would absolutely shut down voter registration. So, that, I mean, there are better ways to prove you're a citizen, and I'll have an idea about how to do that to actually protect voting and not suppress voting.
2: What about voter ID? Because this is an issue I'm passionate about. I think Chris Hobach absolutely is 100% on the mark Mm -hmm. as far as requiring Mm -hmm. voter IDs. Now, from the Democrat perspective, in fact, I said I was so frustrated with George W. Bush. A few years ago, I actually contemplated maybe switching to the Democratic Party. Well, mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. One of the main issues is voter fraud. I think it's a potentially a huge issue mm-hmm. in this community, this state, this country.
8: Why do you think that?
2: Because we have no checks and balances built into the system whatsoever. Sure we None. do. None. Zero. Okay. Zip.
8: But the fraud, the opportunities now, for fraud ID. are really not. Okay. Voter ID.
2: Well, I'm going to have you strap on the headphones. We're getting into your time here. uh <laughs> 9:15. Yeah. So, an official good morning, John Arnold is going to be joining us by phone. Good morning, Jim. John's—I uh, don't know whether he's up yet. You know, liberals sleep longer. Uh, <laughs> us conservatives, we're no, up and at him early.
15: Well, in the I'm, I'm a late morning, <laughs> late, <laughs> early morning person. Well, yeah. can I come in on the voter problem? Uh, we have 140,000 people in the state that are called inactive voters. We don't All know right. their address. We can't mail them anything yet. We allow them to vote without any check and balance if they show up to vote. Connecticut has a, a nice system mm-hmm. in that if you're on the inactive list, you have to re-register and, and they can at least get you to the right district. And what it is inactive? Inactive is typically they either use a through the post office, they don't know where you live, or in, in Johnson County they actually mail you something and it's returned mm-hmm. from the post office. I don't have so a
8: problem cleaning up the voter rolls. But
15: the problem we have is the federal law protects mm-hmm. the integrity of the federal election at the risk of not pr- mm-hmm. providing for the integrity of the local elections. You may mm-hmm. be voting in the wrong state rep district, because you moved. And one out of eight households in Kansas has somebody extra that can vote there, and you may not even know it.
8: Uh, I don't have any problem cleaning up the voter rolls. Well, Do you have a problem
15: with voter ID?
8: Um, if I don't showing
2: a, some type of identification, uh, whether it's just a water bill, yeah. whether it's well, a ID. Well, the thing is,
8: that it's the picture ID. ID that's that's the problem. That suppresses voting. And Chris Kofok knows that. And this is not for Chris about, let's just jump to the bottom line, I don't have a problem with doing something like maybe what Missouri does, where you have a broad range of IDs you might present. But, for one, the problem is not in-person voter fraud. People would be stupid to do that. The voter fraud takes place where you can't see people, write-in ballots and that kind of stuff. So the whole showing something when you show up to vote is just kind of silliness. Well, well, no, this gets to the inactive voters. But let me finish. Let me finish. But we don't have people who are showing up voting but anyway, but we can't. We can't check. Can There's I no way to look. Good morning, sure John. Sure, there is. You have How a signature, you? and you can do a signature check.
15: The, they don't do signature checks. all But they all could. All day. I'm
8: saying is, and if you just let me finish, I'm sorry. Okay. that's okay. Um, I don't have a problem doing with with what something broader like Missouri does. But Chris Kobach knows what everybody else knows: is that if you require only a picture ID, you're going to suppress three to 17 percent of the vote, most likely elderly, women minorities and those living in poverty are the ones most likely to get to be denied the right to vote. And we also know that a higher percentage of those are going to be Democrats. And in this state we have a lot of close races every time and Chris knows that all he has to do is swing the vote one or two percent Republican and he'll pick up more House seats. So what this is about is not about voter protection because we really don't have a problem. Okay, now And, and off again, the I'm not again. against some saying kind of minorities voter minorities
2: don't have driver's licenses? Well, well I'm
8: say, no, I didn't well, say let's, they let's did, not Let's tick Jim. off the three again. Okay, here's and I, the deal. I, mean, I didn't say they don't have it. I said percentage-wise experience in other states has already proven, okay, that the people most likely to be denied the opportunity to vote are the elderly, the disabled, minorities, women and those living in poverty because they're most likely to move, um, change names, um, not be driving, not have you know driver's license. And again, I don't want to say I'm against voter ID because I think there's a good way to do it. There's several good options out there. What I'm saying is if you land on the picture ID only, that's voter suppression, not voter protection.
2: I was kind of having fun with her old Glenn and I ganging up on <laughs> you But time. You have
8: got, well got somebody <laughs> <to> <laughs> just joined us by phone, and I'm sure they'll yeah. side with
2: you on this okay. one. Good morning, John Arnold.
15: So Good you morning, think
8: There are smart ways to do voter ID, and we can mm. do that.
15: But, but I've made the claim at a, at a meeting at the Secretary of State's office uh, almost two years ago that I could vote all day if I, you gave me immunity for prosecution. If you really know how the voter lists work, which the people mm-hmm. in the political process do, I know that my approximate age. I can vote all day in an urban area by just mm-hmm. picking names of people that are there. There's a ninety to ninety-five percent chance they're not going to show up. It'd be mm-hmm. pure bad luck that you know someone would would stop you. You can vote you all have day. Have to
8: be really desperate. I mean, why would anybody do but that? But a, cl- <laughs> a, a close race. You're saying nobody <laughs> wants to try no, really hard I'm on close say- race? No, I'm saying is that. Kobach's going about it the right way. He knows how to swing races in, in a more efficient way than what you're talking. But,
15: about. But I've been trying. I've been trying <laughs> to get the Secretary of State for years uh, to give me the ability to uh, check the voter list yeah. against the voter election results. You can't do that. So you say we what have. You mean, fl-
8: the voter list against the voter election results. I
15: cannot even add up the number of people that voted from voter history and compare that to the number of registered voters in a precinct across the state because the precincts they use in one list don't match up with the names they use in the other list. And so you can't right. even do some, some very yeah. straightforward statistical yeah. checks. So to say that it doesn't happen, we can't even figure it out if it okay. happens.
8: Like I said, I don't have a problem cleaning up voter rolls. I don't have a problem with a sensible way to approach voter ID.
2: Well, to me, I think we ought to go back uh, to what our Constitution said originally. To be able to vote, you need to be A, white. B, male, and C, a property that, well owner. Well,
8: you're in luck because that's I where Kobach's heading. <laughs> <laughs> we got the right guy that's in place. That's the
15: reason I was so passionate about the election of Chris Kobach. Yeah, there. he's
8: got all those skinheads down there <laughs> well in Arizona backing him. They would love you, Jim.
15: And it's only been an issue since, what, 1861, that these people from Missouri and other places coming into Kansas to vote yeah, there. Yeah,
8: you got the right guy in place, but that's where he's headed. <laughs>
2: and we're about out of time. Oh, I appreciate it. Your yeah. top, uh-huh. uh, your number one item on State Representative Mm -hmm. Ann Maul's legislative agenda for 2011. If you could accomplish one thing Mm -hmm. in 2011, Representative Maul, what would it be?
8: A balanced budget that keeps this state moving the direction we've started where we're producing jobs and providing great education and taking care of those most at risk. And that can be done because we did it last time.
2: Good to have you with us. Thank
8: you. Thank you very much.
2: Representative Ann Maul.
8: Coming up, John Arnold. Earl Glenn.
2: We're going to be talking about uh, President Obama's, and this is his Commission on Fiscal Responsibility. Folks, I like it. There's not much on this, uh, this report based on what we know as uh, this point in time that I'm opposed to, but we're going to get Earl Glenn's perspective, we're going to get John Arnold's perspective, and yours as well if you want to. Jim.Kates at CJOnline.com. Stay tuned. More to come. Thank you.
5: CJOnline.com has been upgraded, and it's an entirely new way for you to experience your community. More than ever,
6: CJOnline.com has what you need when you need it.
5: As your morning starts, CJOnline.com is updated with overnight news, weather, and the morning buzz.
6: Throughout the day, they bring you developing stories, interaction, and commentary.
5: In the evening, they recap the day in news and sports and feature their local bloggers.
6: Experience the local news and sports at CJOnline.com.
5: Your 24-7 Northeast Kansas News Connect.
7: Every three minutes, another woman gets the news that she has breast cancer. And here are some of the first words she hears. Her two new oncogene, aromatase inhibitor, ductile carcinoma in situ. What do these words mean? How are you going to decide what to do if you can't even say what you have? This is Olivia Newton-John. As soon as you get your diagnosis, you can go to breastcancer.org. It's a special place on the internet where you can learn how to say all those breast cancer words and find out what they mean. At breastcancer.org, you can learn more about your particular kind of cancer and your treatment options. Prepare a list of questions for your next doctor's visit and get all kinds of other useful information to guide you and your family through this. Breastcancer.org, the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer.
12: Topeka provides
5: a safe and easy way of delivering prescriptions to your door and saving you money every
9: day. Are your medication costs spiraling out of control? Is Plan D really saving you any money once you reach the donor hole? For many of us, saving money on skyrocketing medication costs has become a vital way of controlling those tight monthly budgets. I'm Eric with Canada Drug. We're locally owned and operated, have been for over five years. Serving your friends and neighbors, helping them save thousands of dollars yearly on essential prescription medications. To find out how you can have more medication at the end of your month for less money, call us at Canada Drug today, 785-272-6100. Or visit us just east of Watermaker on 17th between Applebee's and McDonald's. we're Canada Drug. Canada Drug of Topeka, 272-6100.
10: This is Risa with Lower Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. We are not just your heating and air conditioning experts. We also can take care of any of your plumbing needs, including sewers and backflow preventers. So call us now at 357-5123.
1: We're back with Jim Cates at CJOnline.com, your source for live internet news, opinion, interviews, and conversation in Topeka. Here's Jim.
2: Okay, Brickhouse Antiques, folks. Thirty-seventh of Burlingame. game. If you're, uh, if you haven't shopped for your Christmas ornaments, Christmas decorations, if you're into an old-fashioned Christmas, you need to check out Brickhouse Antiques because they've got a lot of the old antique Christmas ornaments and the whole nine yards. Folks, you can check it out at 37th and Burlingame right off of I-470, 266-6000 if there's something in particular that you're looking for as far as a Christmas decoration, House Antiques, uh, the number one antique store to be found anywhere in northeast Kansas. Okay, back with John Arnold and Earl Glenn. I want to spend a few minutes, and there's a lot to talk about. Uh, Earl, I know you and I visited earlier in the week. We want to get into an idea that uh, Chris Steiniger has been running with now for several years, selling off state property. Well, now this thing appears to have some legs, but before we get into that story, I want to talk about, it. it's very seldom, you know, that I have anything real positive to say about President Obama. Well, he created this commission. To reduce the federal deficit, and it was headed up by Republican Alan Simpson and Democrat Erskine Bowles. They came up with a proposal on truly really how we can get rid of this 13.7 trillion dollar debt eventually, and it basically gored everybody's ox, which yeah. is a good thing.
15: Everybody hates it. Everybody likes parts of it. So
2: yeah, let's run through this. Let's uh, run through this where we think we're going to run into problems. A One of the recommendations dealt with health care, and it dealt with malpractice suits, basically to make it tougher to file a malpractice suit. In other words, getting away from frivolous lawsuits. Any chance of this going through a Republican House and a Democrat Senate with a left-of-center Democrat president on a scale of 1 to 10, any chance of this flying? I'm looking for common ground, John Arnold and Earl Glenn, whether anything that this commission Recommended that is actually
15: going to pass. Well, has it actually been recommended? My understanding is they December. Put, they posted a draft, and there's a meeting in a couple of weeks, and they, they don't have an official report, but they they have a draft for discussion. So that's that's, so that's let this leak that's out that's kind of piecemeal. That's so what we, we haven't seen the, the official draft, right. folks. Okay. Well, on a scale from one to ten, I'd say like maybe one and a half. The, I don't see that happening. If, well, they, the did, issue on a, if, if they really wanted that to happen, wouldn't they have considered that when they were considering the health care bill a year ago? So, Okay, keep in
2: mind the Democrats now have got to change course, obviously, what happened November the 2nd. The Democrats, I think, are going to change course. But this is not going to be one of the courses they're going to be changing. John Arnold, you in agreement?
4: How big a deal was the uh, tort? reform part of it? How how much money was involved?
2: Well, we don't know. We don't have any figures yet, I don't believe, on uh, how big of a component this was in the overall package. And I don't think we're going to see any of that, John, until December.
15: All right. Unless there's been something leaked on that as well. well, as far as a fiscal note on that, I haven't seen one. What well, what they did do, and I won't claim I understand this completely, but they they have two hundred billion dollars in illustrative savings, and there's fifty eight different items in that, and I don't remember that being one of the fifty eight. Now I could have missed it, obviously, but but they they they're trying to say, well, we can save two hundred billion dollars a year with, and it's like a. Um, A hundred billion from domestic and hundred billion from defense. Okay, we're going to get into both of those, but let's go with an easy
2: one then. Uh, Social Security retirement—you know, bumping the age up from early retirement from sixty-two to sixty-four, full retirement from sixty-seven to sixty-nine. A chance of this passing on a scale of one to ten would be, and who's going to oppose it and why? Well.
15: I saw last night on on Greta's show that the proposal was to change the the retirement age by what two or three years by 2050 yeah, yeah. And, and you go, well I don't know why we can't do this I mean and why we can't do it even before 2050 uh, that's that's a bit perplexing to me so it, it doesn't seem like well, they're trying to solve a problem but they're not trying very hard on some of these things either so uh,
4: was it actually Earl was it actually 2050?
15: I thought uh, twenty seventy five. Well, the, uh, there were two. There were two targets, and okay. the first target was twenty fifty. The other one was like twenty seventy five. Yeah, and you
4: say, hey, mm-hmm. uh, the person who's eligible for that is four years old today. Why would yes. we not do that?
15: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean,
4: uh, my goodness, that's not a. That's not going to gory anybody's oxygen.
15: Well, the th- and the thing is, there's there's so many years to change it. So I would almost think they would do that one because it's really passing the buck down the road, which is just the way they seem to do things. So.
4: It is, but it also it has no impact on any voter today or in anybody in Congress's lifetime.
15: Um, so the
2: chance uh, of Social Security reform as far as buffing the retirement age up, that possibly is going to happen. Whether that, it's that, going to have any significant impact on the overall deficit,
15: well, that
2: still is to be determined. It's one of those things they can say they we did something,
15: even though it doesn't doesn't really have any uh, impact right now. Yeah,
4: but it, it I think it needs to happen for the future oh, agreed. Um, um, sensibility and, and, and uh, rationality of the system. That's what happens.
2: Will, uh, will there be any special interest group out there that's going to actively oppose this?
4: It apparently has. Um, Is AARP
2: going to come out in opposition to this? Uh, who would it be, if anybody?
4: I've been surprised about unions and AARP coming out saying, don't touch Social Security. Well, I'm sorry. you got to touch Social Security. Some way or another. You can't just leave it the way it is. It's not financially feasible to leave it the way it is.
15: It's foolish not to.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, but you know it, the problem is years and years and even decades off. Fix it now for decades on down the road and, and be done with it.
2: Okay, eliminating homeowner interest deductions.
15: Yeah, that's a tough one. The thing I've heard on that is, is they're trying to, to reduce the number of exemptions that are that are going to be taxed and then lower the tax rate. So in theory, that sounds like it might be harmful, but in practice it may not be, but then you really have to wait for what they do.
4: Yeah, when, when, when they come out and they say, okay, we're going to eliminate home ownership mortgage deductions, you say, oh, well, that's kind of a problem. But then they say, well, wait a minute, it's for second homes and vacation homes. Okay, that's not a problem in my mind. You know, because you're talking about people who have two or three different homes and they're deducting the mortgage interest on all of those?
2: Okay, I would be a little thick on this one. Explain to me, because I know the Home Builders Association has already come out in strong opposition to this. Now, yeah. if we eliminate the deduction, the interest deduction on a home, does this mean that we're going to have Americans that are going to say, well, they've eliminated the deduction, I'm going to go sleep on the beach. Aren't we all still going to live in housing that's sure. constructed by a home builder? Why, why has this become so important to the Home Builders Association? Whether you live in an apartment, a condo, a single-family dwelling, that dwelling is going to be constructed by a home builder, correct? Where are they losing money if, in fact, we eliminate this deduction?
4: They apparently think that, that uh, you won't buy a second home, Jim. Or a vacation home, you, you won't have as many homes in your portfolio if they eliminate the deduction. I well, don't think that's right. If you can afford a second home or a vacation home, the interest deduction is not what's going to drive you to do that. I,
3: I don't.
15: I, believe. But I looked up, it, it's for second residence, like you said, John, and mortgages over five hundred thousand dollars. So ma- maybe John. it does affect a few other people. But it it could reduce the number of new homes that are being built. If these, I don't know how many people, how many homes these people buy, so. But like John Arnold said, Earl, Glenn, do you think this is going to have any impact at all? If
2: you've got the money, if you've got the discretionary income to where you can buy or build that second home in Branson, Missouri, you can go to Florida, you can go to Arizona. Is the fact that you can deduct the interest off of your loan going to have any impact
15: on you well, building at, that second home? Look at what John Kerry did with his boat. I mean, he re-registered in another state just to save. If, it seems like that wasn't a big enough deal to. So, so I would think maybe. I mean, taxes make people they just don't want to pay the money. It's almost like you want to go offshore and build the thing at that point. If you if you couldn't build it in the U.S. and you might as well try somewhere else. Okay. So this is going to be
2: now if the home builders are opposed to it, taking a look at this being a partisan issue, where is this gonna come down? The home builders normally side with Republicans, Democrats, Conservatives, Liberals. How are the home builders who are they going to impact with their lobbying efforts? Both both sides of the aisle?
4: But as Earl says, if it's only impacting people with houses over or mortgages over five hundred thousand, that's not the democratic uh, a demographic. It's well, Republican.
15: Well, second residences. I guess you could even have a, a home at the lake. Um, some people, Lake of the Ozarks or something. I guess it could impact some people like that.
4: But it's only over $500,000? Well, no,
15: it was, it was over there. So it's, it's a, a second residence or $500,000. Okay. Okay. Now, I thought primary residence as well. But again,
2: we're talking about what has been unofficially leaked as
15: of now. Because as yeah. as last, last week it came out, last, last Friday. Or okay, okay.
4: Well, it's not so much a leak, is it, Jim, it, as it is what the Erskine Bowles and uh, Alan Simpson are recommending to the commission.
15: Yeah, it's a proposal. Yeah, yeah. A, dra- oh, a, a draft proposal with that. There you
4: go, there you go. And yeah. they have to get 14 But the
15: official proposal is going to be released, what, the first week of December, correct? Well, there's no, a, I think that's right. There's yeah. a meeting November 30th, is what they said on TV last night.
4: Well, it won't be released unless they get 14 votes, isn't that correct?
15: Yes, that's correct, out of 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is the big stumbling block going to be farm subsidies?
4: That'll be a big one.
15: In in our area. That's something I've, I've been going to look into. There's lots of farm subsidies in our state, and lots of them are six-digit figures going to various various entities.
4: Yeah, like. we, we the three of us talked about um, Representative Ike Skelton uh, a few weeks ago,
3: mm-hmm.
4: before the election, Jim, and uh, he was defeated by, I can't remember her name. Vicki Hartzler. Thank you,
2: who has yeah. received a lot of money in terms of farm subsidies over the years. They've got Reported a lot of money. Reported with
4: 775000 as I recall, over the past 10 years or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, is she going to vote against farm subsidies? Huh. I don't know. I doubt, don't think so. Big,
15: big urban rule battle there, I'd imagine.
4: Yeah, yeah. Farm subsidies go to big corporations for the most part anymore. Uh, and so that will be part of the argument, I suspect, but will, will it carry? I don't know.
15: Well, one thing when I did look at this data last summer is KU got a farm subsidy, which you'd go, well, what's going on with that? So KU well, got
4: a farm subsidy? Yeah, they, they have a piece of land really?
15: somewhere, and there was a, in, in the database that was online, there was a payment to the University of Kansas, which is a little little bit odd. Wasn't the athletic department? was it? <laughs> no, I think so. <laughs> it's probably all completely legal, and you know that that's just the way, the way the system works right now.
2: Is there a common meeting ground? Is there any way that Congressman-elect Tim camp could go back home to the Big First, voting to pare down farm subsidies? Is there going to be any? This one seems to be the real sticking point. Not that we don't need to pare back farm subsidies. I certainly would like to see it. Uh, and I think for three of our four members of Congress in Kansas, they possibly could get away with it. Our representative in western Kansas. Yeah. I don't know enough about where I would pare back farm subsidies politically to where you could attract a Tim Hills, camp, a Vicki
15: Hartzler, to get them on board. That could that could be really tough. Um, we might have. I, do they still give farm subsidies to tobacco? I mean, maybe we get some agreement there. Um, but after that, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah.
4: Well, yeah, and I don't think you can uh, um, distinguish between a corporate farm subsidy and a private individual farmer.
15: Yeah, it's just an entity of some legal entity. Yeah, I, I don't.
4: Yeah, I don't think you can do that, and that's what really ought to happen. I think.
15: Well, but you have some of these corporations, I guess, that are families, though, and you know, well, that's true too. Kind of an extended family runs the corporation. Exactly right.
3: Right.
2: So John Arnold, Earl Glenn, neither one of you is looking for any movement on farm subsidies. It's this one going to tough. be done, but it's on a scale of 1 to 10, a 1. Yeah, it's low. It's not going to go anywhere. Okay. The biggie. The biggie. Defense spending.
4: Well, that's tough. It's hard to cut defense spending when you're fighting two wars and and to have bases.
3: And what would you say, Jim, 142 countries?
2: Yeah, according to Pat Buchanan and Pat... Uh, over the past 30 years, I don't ever remember Pat Buchanan being wrong on anything, John Arnold. And <laughs> another example of him being right: 142 countries out of 175, we have troops stationed in 142 countries.
15: Now, the 100 billion that they in this illustrative defense cuts that they've get they've given, the number one thing was 28 billion dollars in savings to apply the overhead savings suggested by Secretary of Defense Gates to deficit reduction. I don't even know what that means. Twenty-eight but,
3: billion,
15: but it's supposed to save twenty-eight billion, and that—that's the number one uh, item. The second biggest one was to reduce overhead bases by one third, and that was only going to save eight and a half billion. So there's somehow in the, in the overhead of the defense system, Secretary of Defense Gates has a way that he thinks he can reduce that by a lot. So, okay. it seems—it seems a bit like hand waving to me there.
2: Reduction of overseas bases out of country basis by one third, it's going to save eight and a half billion dollars. That's it?
15: Per per year I would guess this these are Yeah.
2: Yeah. I guess I would also argue the point possibly that if we're looking at eight and a half billion dollars, if we're going to bring these troops back to American soil, then that eight and a half billion dollars circulates in the community seven times, I believe, then you can put the multiplier effect on have the positive impact it's going to have on our local Economies because yeah. of now.
4: Well, but Jim, they're talking about not spending that money, so you don't get a multiplier on not spending it.
15: But you have the guys coming back and they they need work, so that that has a, a negative effect even. So yeah, yeah. That, that's a toughie. Yeah.
4: Well, uh,
15: so we're still going
2: to end up, you think, uh, with seventy thousand troops in Germany when this is all said and done? When we start uh, debating the defense budget question, is anybody going to bring these questions up? You think, and if so, who? And who's going to oppose once America wakes up to the fact that we've got 70,000 troops lounging in a country that has the fourth largest economy on the face of this planet? Are Americans going to say enough's enough? I mean, this is this makes no sense. Are we going to see that?
4: Unfortunately, when it comes to defense. Uh, we're not really very good at analyzing it and saying, okay, and distinguishing between supporting the troops and uh, paying the bill, um, we tend to say, okay, if you're not willing to pay the bill then you're not patriotic and you're not supporting the troops and so on. And that's unfortunate. Uh, it becomes a jingoistic kind of a thing rather than rational rational
15: discussion. And, and I suppose it's always hard to cut back when you don't know what your future needs might be. So you hate to give up something that you have that's working now. So it, it would be hard, but we probably do need to, to trim that back. Yeah, yeah 40,000 right. troops in Japan. Same thing. Well, well, h- Japan? How many in Korea right now? Well,
2: 38,000. 38,000. 38, yeah. yeah, in Korea. That's, that's a huge sure. number. Yeah, it is. And especially when you're looking at North Korea that's got, what, a million soldiers? If they ever decide to invade South Korea... 38,000 troops on the border. They're not going <laughs> <laughs> to <gonna> slow down. <laughs> a, a couple the hours may not No.
11: <laughs> yeah, there's
4: the canary in the coal mine. They'll be able to say, hey, we got a problem here. <laughs> and that's about it.
15: Yeah, yeah. But that's at least a little bit more unstable area than Germany, I would think. So. Yeah, that's true. I agree.
2: <laughs> Taking um,
15: a look at this overall uh, package, and another
2: proposal, I believe, was a 10% reduction in the number of federal employees.
15: Yeah, Would this find that be one, one
2: that everybody could agree on, or are we going to get in trouble with the left-of-center union crowd on this one if we start really going about the business of reducing the percentage of federal employees?
4: I think part of part of the problem is that uh, we've created all these new agencies, both for security and for domestic programs, and they need people. What was it? Uh, David Roeder wrote a column, and I, I did a little blog on it, uh, a few weeks ago about how much, how many different agencies have been created both by George W. Bush and by the Obama. And it's a whole bunch of new agencies. And um, hard to see how you're going to be able to cut
15: all those back. Well, the, the description here gets, says that their approach would be to uh, replace two people for every three that they lost. So it would be more of an attrition thing over time as would be the plan. Well, that'd be good. Okay. Yeah. Earl, anything we've missed as far as, because I know you've got it in
2: front of you, as far as uh, one of the high points of this whole commission report. Any other bullet points that's going to
15: be a major one? Well, the What's one, the that, the one that, that I ran across when I just did a Google search last night was, and I don't think we talked about this, was one of the proposals might eliminate um, 401K plans. And I think that could that could uh, result. I mean, it's basically you're trying to take care of yourself, and then the government's t- removing the ability for you to take care of yourself in your retirement. So that one, I think, could and, and you actually, it's almost like promoting government dependency at that point. So that doesn't seem like it's a very good idea. But I'm not sure why that one's on the table. How, John, John Arnold, uh, Earl Glenn. I want to get
2: into you know I want to get into this proposal on selling all state property in just a minute, but. Real quick, let's uh, close this one out and taking a look at the politics of this issue because Obama, President Obama, has created this commission. Now that we're going to have the official unveiling, we know the high points of what's going to be officially proposed. In view of what happened November the 2nd with the Democrats' losses throughout this country, doesn't he have to do something with this commission report? He might have set it up strictly for show. But now we've got a different ballgame. Where are we headed politically on this over the next two years? And uh, both of you, if you would, give about a two-minute executive summary. Then we're going to get
15: into this whole selling of state property issue. Go ahead, Earl. Oh, okay. Well, last night on Greta Erskine, Bowles, and Alan Simpson d- discussed how this might might go forward and just how wh- what there's going to be a lot of resistance resistance from both parties to do anything. And so, possibly, what might happen is if the the debt ceiling limit—I don't remember what month that they have to vote on that next I think year. It's in March. 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 Mm-hmm. At that point, if if they can't pass a bill that would extend the debt limit, then they dust off this report; it would only be three months old at that point, and start looking at some of the things on the list. But they don't really see that Congress would just naturally start any of these actions until something really forces them to do it.
2: Who's going to be hurt if nothing starts? Uh, the Republicans going to suffer. As a result of nothing being done with this report, more so than the Democrats. Are the Democrats going to pay the political consequences on this if nothing's done?
15: Well, I, I who, would think, who gets helped? Who gets hurt? I would think with the mood of the country w- with kind of anti-spending, that it could hurt Republicans. That if they don't get in there and, and do something about spending, it, they could be held accountable in, in two years. Even though this is Obama's report... The
2: Tea Party movement, they're going to ultimately hold the Republicans' feet to the fire to do something with this.
15: I, I would guess that. John Arnold, you in agreement?
4: Well, I, I think a little different. I, I don't think it's a show thing that Obama did. I think it's a reality that, that people need to sit down and figure out how to solve our deficit problem. And uh, I've heard Alan Simpson and Bowles say that, you know, half a dozen people sitting down rationally in an hour could figure this out. It's whether. Whether it can pass the Congress is another question, because everybody's going to be having their own oxes to be protected from being lured. But, you know, I think it has to come up. And I've heard, uh, what's his name, Rand Paul say that he would filibuster against raising the debt limit in March. Well, if he does that, that's going to take down our economy and the world's economies, because we have to, if we don't solve the debt problem, we have to raise the debt limit. And, it, I mean, otherwise, we just, our currency goes to hell, the economies go to hell, and uh, one man can filibuster and tear down the world's
15: economies, basically. Jim, so, let me tell you, sir, what happened in Mission. This is a local story, not a national story, but Mission has the new driveway tax, and there's about 200 people showed up at their meeting on Wednesday night. Who? Uh, Mission Kansas has city a new, has okay. a driveway tax, a, and two hundred yeah. people showed up to protest that. But in part of that whole fiasco the other night, it came up that they were spending sixty four hundred dollars on fireworks for the Christmas tri- uh, tree this year, <laughs> and they weren't even able to stop that this year. So a city of ten thousand people, probably what so roughly it's a dollar per 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 voter almost, they couldn't even look for private funding for that so there just doesn't seem the ability to stop spending on anything right now.
2: Earl Glenn, John Arnold, they're with me and let's go to the our emails real quick and then I want to get into this issue of selling off state property. We have one from Ken. It says on the current economic worldwide turmoil the situation may have changed but I recall that it was once cheaper to billet troops in South Korea, Germany and other such foreign countries than on statewide basis. Just sec- simple Economy to have them on foreign ground. All right. Uh, da, 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 well, it's da, probably da. a combination
15: of economy and just the, you want that geographic location.
2: All right. And again, we're an email from Frank, and he's talking about poor uh, investments made by the state of Kansas. And that gets into the capers issue that Representative Ma and I were discussing. Okay.
4: Now, Jim, uh, Jim before you jump to the other, uh, let me ask her, girl. Uh, What's the 401k elimination in the?
15: Well, the, the way that was the way that was going to work is they were going to take away the incentives for companies to offer them, and so the thought was if a company didn't have the incentive through some sort of tax break to offer a 401k, that most companies would just drop them. Well, how does that help the, the budget? I mean, what's um, the tax consequence? You know, I uh, <laughs> I can tell you what page it's on, but I, I haven't studied it enough to give you John, the details. John, it's a good question
2: because I was thinking the same thing. You know, and Earl mentioned that And that I missed. You know, as far as some of the bullet points that's yeah, been uh, released to date, and I'm with you. I don't understand where the savings would come from, and
15: well, it was the American Society of Pension Professionals and Actuaries that w- that had wrote the article online that they were against this. So okay, I'll see if I can quickly find. That, that's something we need to look at. Yep. Kay.
2: Now okay. for the average rank and file Kansan, uh, I'm sure when they saw the headlines that the state of Kansas is going to take a look see at selling selling off state property, this probably to most Kansas was a new revelation, a new idea. Well Senator Chris Steiniger, uh, for example, out of Wyandotte County, has been on this show as a regular guest for the past four years. I'm not sure Chris has ever been on this show where he hasn't mentioned about that. selling that state property. So this is nothing new, folks, whatsoever. But as a result, maybe if Chris is uh, hitting on this issue for the past four years, our Department of Administration this year for the first time, I guess, has compiled a total list of everything the state of Kansas owns that had never been done before. Nobody really knew what we did and didn't own in the state of Kansas. Well, now we've got the complete list. Where is this headed politically? Where is it headed public policy-wise? Who wants to go first?
15: Well, I just tried to find the list online last night, and it's not that easily found. Um, I finally found that the Lawrence Journal World published it and KTKA here in Topeka published it, but I can only find two known sources for it online. I could not find it on the Department of Administration's website. Maybe it's there, but I could not find it. Um,
2: So you can go to KTKA, TV49, or the... Or Lawrence Journal
15: World. World, And I actually just fiddled around with different Google search terms before I found it. There isn't a real simple link to get to it. But, well, if you look for Kansas Property Asset, Asset Report Unaudited... Um, those keywords might lead you right to it. But this report was prepared on August 30th of this year, but it was only released here in the last week or so. Okay. And it's 90 pages long. It's extremely fine print. It's hard to read. And and the thing that I think I want to do with it, I, if I can find the time, is turn this into a Google map. So you can see the little dot. And then, because right now, you really it's really hard to see where these places are. You see there's like empty lots in different cities that the state owns for some reason, and there's buildings everywhere. So it's just kind of hard to get your hands around what what it really means, and you really don't know what's x or you know what's a, a, a surplus asset or something that really isn't serving a useful purpose without studying each each line. So.
4: It is. Is much of it Earl uh, right of way and uh, excess right of way on highways and roads and stuff?
15: There appeared to be some of that, like in Walbuncey County. There's some, something right along Highway 99 there, that just uh, north of Alma. That I'm not sure what that means, but maybe that's a right of way thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah,
4: if it, it, it's right of way or, or elements of excess <laughs> right of way, you know, that's not usable for anything. And and that's the difference between what they own and what is usable to be to be sold to somebody. You know, vacant lots, sure if there's any demand uh, for owning a vacant lot that uh, you might build a house on or some other property. But you know, just saying, okay, I've got a vacant lot and I want to sell it, there's a reason why the state owns it and that's that somebody just let it go for taxes.
15: Well, well and that column's missing. They have land legal description and so unless you can decipher what the, from the legal description what the piece of property might be for, the list is really kind of hard to use.
2: Yeah. What concerns me about this issue, John Arnold, Earl Glenn. If we start selling off state office buildings that are currently housing state employees to a private investor, that investor then comes back and leases the property back to the state. Now we're into political patronage at its finest, aren't we? Uh, we saw this, uh, I think we've seen it under Democrat administrations in this state. I know we've seen it under Republican administrations Correct. where this is a, a great way to reward some of your uh, uh, contributor base, your significant contributor base.
15: Well, I problem? suspect some of that's going on now. And I just haven't had time to research some some tips I've had. So it, it's probably going on now. So. It could, get, it could get worse. I'm sure
2: it's gone on in every administration. Some administrations I know a little more than others possibly, but uh, it certainly has gone on. Something that we really need to be keeping an eye Well, on you just that's for
15: transparency. On. You just have to be very open about who's getting it and why and, and make um, and just let so the public can scrutinize it.
2: Uh, you know, if you were sitting in the House and the Senate come 2011, would a bill, introduction of a bill saying off the table will be situations like this where we're going to sell buildings that are housing government employees and leasing these buildings back. Wouldn't that be a good start, possibly?
4: No, I don't think so. I think because then you're talking about a cash flow problem. I mean, sure, you can sell the building and get a lump sum cash, or cash of money. But then you have an
15: annual appropriation to lease the building back.
2: Well, yeah, that's where I'm going with this, John. You can reward uh, a contributor. It can become
15: political when it wasn't. Oh,
2: very political. Very Very political. That's exactly where I was going with this.
4: Well, we have several buildings in in Topeka that are just that way. They're privately owned and leased uh, by the state for office buildings. Yeah, Um,
2: and if you take a look at the ownership of these buildings, Uh, whether it was under a Republican or Democrat governor, the individual or individuals that purchased the building and leased it back to the state, probably a member of the same political party as the sitting governor in virtually every instance, Republican and Democrat. Agreed? Yes. Yeah.
15: The state owns some parking lots. I noticed that on the list, so... Uh parking is one of my pet peeves about Topeka. It's just you have to pay for a meter everywhere you go here. So.
2: You know, and this sounds like a good idea, you know, on the surface, but if you really get into it, years ago I know we went through, as far as the sale of state property, uh, the one that immediately comes to mind that was given serious consideration was the turnpike. Right. And we yep. have had situations in other states where turnpikes have been sold to private investors and rates within a year significantly Increase (laughs) the cost of driving on the turnpike if it's owned by you know a private concern. Obviously, especially when
15: it's a monopoly like that. (laughs) Yes, and
4: in California, Jim, they've even allowed the private sector to build some roads to be toll roads where there are tremendous uh, corridors of traffic problems, and they've built uh, extra lanes that are toll lanes and things, and 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 that's fine. Somebody wants to um, invest their money and try to to make something better and then charge for it.
2: Well, John, as uh, John Arnold, as a result of your 30-plus uh, years in local government, if we were to introduce a bill, you know, getting some safeguards into this, because I can see on the surface this is going to be very, very saleable to, I think, our Reich and file you know, selling off state property and letting the private sector come in and purchase it. But there are certainly a lot of pitfalls.
15: But it's, it's not and clear for, to me right now how pitfalls. many of these things are really surplus. I mean, we have the list of state property, but where's the list of things that we really aren't doing anything with at all? I, I don't exactly. know that, that that's exactly clear right now. Dave Jackson
2: just walked in. When Dave uh, comes on, we always spend the first 15 minutes of our show talking about some of these issues. And I'll ask Dave, having served uh, four years in the state senate, because this one really concerns me. Well, I just see so many potential abuses. Coming down
15: the pike. This is Getting back to our earlier story, one of the things for the federal program was to sell excess federal property, and there's 1.2 million building structures and land parcels the federal government has. So it's, it's even a worse problem at the national level. Wow.
4: Well, yeah, but in most cases they are used for some productive, or may, maybe you want to put that in quotes, some productive use, but housing a, a, a worker is a productive use, I suppose. A vacant lot is not. And, you know, I think, as Earl says, let's distinguish between what the state owns and what is something that is really, truly surplus, and we don't need to own it any longer. And those would be some vacant lots in Waubonsee County, let's say.
15: <laughs> but, but why wouldn't they go the sur- There's a surplus property mechanism now. Why did these things not fall into that? They just, somebody just didn't say, hey, this this should go out to the surplus property thing now? Yeah.
4: Well, maybe it did, and they advertised it for sale, and nobody said
15: nobody wanted be- to buy it. You
4: know, yeah. Because that there's not a use for it, and that's part of the problem.
15: It, it, yeah, it's pretty hard to sell when there's not, not a good use.
4: No, and, and for the most part, I would suspect that the stuff that the state owns has come back to state ownership out of um, delinquent taxes. That's true, too. Somebody right. didn't find any value in paying the taxes on it because they couldn't sell it. They couldn't do anything with it, and so they gave it back to the state. And you say, okay, well, that's parkland. No, it's not really. It's something that somebody has to maintain.
2: Well, after the break, we'll get Dave Jackson involved in this conversation as well. But Earl Glenn, if you were writing the model piece of legislation, uh, potentially dealing with the sale of state property, where do we need to go? Where would you go with this, philosophically, Uh, public policy-wise, protection-wise? I I need more with this
15: issue. I need more information before I could even. I don't know enough about these properties to, to, to make some of those things, but I think we need some of the safeguards that you are talking about that the political cronyism doesn't factor into this if the property is sold and then later reused, especially at least back to the state. So that's a valid concern. Yeah. The,
4: the, Very
2: the only valid property we've seen it done. John Arnold, how about you?
4: The only property that would be purchased by the private sector is property that could make some money for the private sector. And. Uh, that's generally going to be by raising the rents or raising the rates or whatever, uh, because if it's generating revenue now, it's not going to be something that's um, that's going to be surplus or wanting to be sold, like the existing office buildings we have in town. So, you know, I, I don't think there's any big windfall waiting
15: out there for the state. There's probably some, but not big. I, yeah, it's probably... Yeah,
2: yeah. Our legislators are going to be dealing with in 2011, because politically... Sure sounds good. Yeah, but boy, oh boy, <laughs> the devils in the details. It's, it's a
15: one-time thing too, pretty much. So,
2: well, we're out of time. Always enjoy having you on. Uh, what's coming up? KansasWatchdog dot Oh
15: boy, I'm still catching up with things. I have fi- a five twenty-seven story I haven't written yet about just five twenty-seven packs, how they're used in Kansas and even nationally. Uh, so that's one of the things I'm working on that yeah. I don't have done yet. So,
2: okay, when now somebody to wants to get to.
15: So KansasWatchDog.org, we try to do investigative reporting on uh, waste, fraud, and abuse as best we can. Oh, and the stimulus. New stimulus data was out just a week ago. So there's a another quarter of, of, of Kansas stimulus data. I can't figure out Kansas versus the national. That the there, There's some there's some technical problems I have to resolve before I even get into that.
2: Okay. Keep your eye on KansasWatchDog.org. We'll see you in three
4: weeks. See you in three weeks, Jim. Okay, sounds good. John,
2: what's coming up on your blog?
4: Oh, I'm probably going to get into the KU Athletic Department one more time. Oh, boy. What a mess,
2: huh? Oh, boy. I would hope to shout. (laughs) John.
4: And the uh, Board of Regents says, oh, great, I'm so glad the Chancellor is getting on top of this. I'm sorry, guys. She's not on top of anything, as far as I'm concerned. And we need to be pursuing Lou Perkins on a payback deal some way. The idea that he didn't have anything to do with it and uh, wasn't responsible is just onerous to me.
2: You and I are in complete agreement. John, we will see you in two weeks. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. Next week we're going to have an abbreviated show. I'm going to talk to Dave Jackson about coming in at 9 o'clock next Friday. So good for him. It's the day after Thanksgiving, and um, sometimes it's rather challenging booking guests. So
4: yeah, you bet. Fun. So I can sleep in without guilt.
2: All right. Oh, by the way, <laughs> uh, another email came in from Ken. It says, has the state released any figures on savings after Governor Sebelius
4: sold the state fleet of cars? I think they did at one point, uh, but I'm not sure what it was.
2: Yeah, good question. Okay, we are out of time, though. We've got to get to Dave Jackson. John, we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you very much, Jim. we we'll see you in three weeks. Dave Jackson on deck. Stay tuned.
16: Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Jackson's Bye. Greenhouse, your plant shopping center. Let Jackson put a big smile on your home. Landscape planning and design, we listen and we take the time. We're professionals and we're out to make it known. We're your plant shopping center all the way. Jackson's Greenhouse has what you need today. Residential or commercial, we're at your service. Landscape to lawn supplies that you like best. From roses, flowers, shrubs, and trees, to everything your garden needs. Jackson says, just come in, be our guest. Jackson's Greenhouse, your lawn and garden place. We're your plant shopping center all the way. At Jackson's Greenhouse, we're out to make your day.
14: Hi, I'm Richard Roundtree. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yes, you heard me right. Men get breast cancer too, and men need just as much help understanding what their doctors tell them as women do. But where do you go to get that kind of help? Go to breastcancer.org, a special place on the Internet that helps you understand the kind of cancer you have, your treatment options, and all the big words your doctor uses. Breastcancer.org is the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer.
17: Eyewear Unique is a fun, upscale optical shop located in Topeka. They may be in Mid-America, but their frame selection is world-class. The expert staff will help you into your first really awesome pair of high-quality eyewear. Their designer frame selection will hold its own against the finest shops in New York or L.A. Eyewear Unique is not just another optical shop. They are truly new and different. They are not interested in selling you a pair of glasses. They are interested in selling you eyeglasses for the rest of your life. Your face is a work of art, and it deserves a great frame. Eyewear Unique offers top of the line designer frames with names like Etnia, Barcelona, Lenore, Robert Mark, L.A. Eyeworks, Bevel Specs, Foggenhaus, Oliver Peoples, Ray-Ban, and Oakley, just to name a few. The frames run from stylish and affordable $90 eyewear to the extraordinary Fossa Frost line located at 4008 Southwest Huntoon Street in Topeka or visit them on the web at eyewearuniquetopeka.com. Take your face to the next level. Eyewear unique. Eyewear for life.
10: This is Risa with Lower Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. We are not just your heating and air conditioning experts. We also can take care of any of your plumbing needs, including sewers and backflow preventers. So call us now at 357-5123.
1: Welcome back to Jim Cates at cjonline.com. Our phone lines are now open at 295-1150 or email Jim at Jim.capes at cjonline.com. Here's Jim. Okay, coming in Monday
2: morning, temperature at eight o'clock. Uh, mayor Bill Bunton at nine o'clock. It's Are you gonna get him?
13: So? Are you gonna ask him why he's supposed to uh, Jerry Morgan getting his his uh, uh, sewer line? We'll the, put that on the list. Yeah, because he's. Yeah. We talked about this last week, or you talked with somebody about where you felt like I think you felt like the mayor was on the wrong side of that.
2: No, I. I think I would side with the city on this. You know, it's the property owner's responsibility to get the sewer line out to the main main.
13: I understand, but uh, he had his cut. He was on the sewer. How does it get to be his responsibility again? That was part of a
2: settlement, though, wasn't it? Allowing him to stay in the College Hill community?
13: To have his sewer cut? He Uh didn't agree to that. The the settlement part was that they were supposed to hook him back up. Jerry's another one of the famous uh, Class of 64 seaman guys. Oh, okay, okay.
2: I hey. had him on the show years ago, two, three, four years ago, Yeah. whenever this issue surfaced. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I'll ask the mayor about that. Kelly Hill is on the uh, list. I'm going to get into the MTAA issue, especially after having the director of the Manhattan Regional Airport on the show Monday. One of the best guests we've
13: had on. Really? In
2: many, many, many months.
13: So you're ready, set to get air traffic into... Well,
2: one of the issues was, and Ann Maul was on the show earlier this morning, and I asked Ann, and I've asked several Republican legislators, I've asked you before. Has our business community, has our political community, our business leaders, political leaders in this community ever come to our legislative body, the Shawnee County Legislative Delegation, asking them to attempt to get monies from the state into our community to attract passenger air service? Well, uh, I've no. yet to find the legislature that, yep, I remember being asked formally to do something. Not we have this can't-do attitude in this community when it comes to passenger air service.
13: 2001 to 2005, they did not. Yep. We had all of the school boards with their mm-hmm. hand out all of those other folks. But, uh, well, what
2: Manhattan did, and again, yes. the community of Manhattan went to the Raleigh County Legislative Delegation, which is what, four people, five people And ask them to carry the mail on getting some money out of the state that could be used as a guarantee to attract passenger air service into Manhattan.
13: Well, there's a pool of money there anyway. The state didn't have to pass special resolutions, did they? They did, did, yeah. The state Uh, did?
2: Manhattan got $2 million, a $2 million guarantee that if needed you know, to ensure that the American Eagle wasn't going to
13: lose money. So it was an insured loan that they got, basically. basically. They insured a, a loan. Basically,
2: okay. to ensure that American Eagle wasn't going to lose money on their flights to Dallas or Chicago, they haven't lost money. Manhattan didn't have to tap into a dollar one out of this fund. See there. The point being, the state of Kansas has never been officially asked our Shawnee County community to do anything as right. far as money's coming into this community to try to get passenger air service in and out of Topeka. Yes. I, I'm so frustrated. I haven't seen and, that request anyway.
13: Yeah. And I if that's even. all it would take, my goodness.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, what it took for Manhattan.
13: Wichita uh, got much more than that.
2: Five to ten million dollars.
13: Yeah. And that was that was actual real estate money that went for that. I mean, that wasn't some loan guarantee. That was real dollars. An outdoor of, yeah, Manhattan.
2: an outgo of funds.
13: Right. Yeah. And so, anyway.
2: So that's going to be an issue that I'm going to ask the mayor about. You know, When are we going to... Go about the business of getting serious about passenger air service, or is it that important? I guess I had such a favorable experience, you know, flying a Legion twice out of Topeka. Mm -hmm. You know, just the convenience of going out to Forbes. It is. No parking, no hassles, no nothing. Beautiful terminal Mm -hmm. that's just sitting there. Right. And our our Legion experience on a scale of 1 to 10 was a Mm
13: 9. A
2: solid 10 leaving Topeka. You know, you get into that Vegas mess and (laughs) what have you.
13: That's
2: a bit different. But, but Yeah. 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 We had an issue that uh, surfaced last hour I wanted to get your opinion on. And folks, Dave Jackson's with me as he is each and every Friday from 10 to 11. We usually spend the 15, first 15 minutes talking about local issues. Try to. We think they're
13: fun. I think they're
2: fun. Well, it is fun. It's a fun 15 minutes to spend with you because you had four years in the State Senate. You've had years on the school board. Uh, you've done a little bit of everything politically. An issue that I think for Kansans, most Kansans, it's a new issue, selling off state property. Now, for regular listeners of this show, Chris Steiniger Senator Steiniger has been a regular guest for four years right. on this show. Plus, and Senator Steiniger has been trying to do something with this issue, selling off state property for as long as I've known Chris. Mm-hmm. This has been one of his key issues. Now, people are starting to pay attention. I can see some real pitfalls in this. Well, uh, good idea, bad idea. Your thoughts on the sale of state property? It would have
13: to go through a a public notice. Uh, It couldn't be the cronyism that you're talking about. I mean, they'd have to set up the same process that they have with the surplus personal property that they sell, where uh, the first uh, right of first refusal probably would go to the local unit of government if they needed it or wanted it for some. Official purpose. Second, then uh, most that uh, hmm. mostly it's not going to be needed for that. A lot of these are small parcels that are attached to right of way that uh, the state had to buy a whole parcel to get the right of way they needed in a condemnation kind of a deal. So then that has to go through. If it if it was through condemnation, then it has to go through a separate uh, process as well. They have to, of course make an official determination that it's not necessary not needed and or that the uh, it I think has to be offered back to the person that it they took it from if that person's interested in purchasing it most likely they're not a lot of times then these pieces are landlocked so the only person that would have any interest in in it at all would be the adjoining property owner Uh North Topeka Drainage District has such property. And uh, so it's uh, where they, back when they put the dikes in along the river and along the creeks, they had to take uh, square parcels to get through uh, a diagonal creek or a diagonal run. And it's along the river there on the north side.
4: What are you doing
2: with those square parcels?
13: Nothing. Anything? Really, nothing. And the, ol- the only people that would have. Jackson's
2: it, Greenhouse and Garden Center use that? Because well, you're talking about a lot of topsoil, I would think. A.
13: It would we be, can't remove it because it's next to the dike.
2: Couldn't you plant something there?
13: Well, um, the areas that are within the. You've seen as you go through that area, certain areas within the dikes are planted and are rented to. The city rents those to farmers. Uh-huh. Uh, the Myers used to farm that along under the river, the Sardu Bridge if, on the uh, west side. There's cropland down in there, uh-huh. uh, and farmers were used to be willing to risk planting stuff down there. Um, of course, when seed got get corn seed gets so expensive, you know, when you're paying fifty or sixty or seventy, eighty dollars a bushel for corn seed, then your interest kind of wanes a little bit because your input costs are so much on uh, to taking crops off. Uh-huh. So I mean, it's 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 the the value of those parcels is not great. And, of course, they cannot be sold if they're within, the, the, within that particular structure. Now, some of our parcels, North Topeka drainage, are outside the dam, the dike, but um, you can't take soil off of there without core approval because that uh, would undercut the uh, dikes, mm-hmm. you see. They have to have that soil so far back, and the Corps of Engineers has approval, authority to approve anything within 250 or 500 feet of, the, of that flood protection structure. Mm-hmm. So there's really limited stuff that we can do with that. In terms of the, of course, the Kansas Department of Transportation, when we were looking at it, when I was in the Senate, had the largest number of parcels that uh, were excess to needs. But these were limited pieces, again, next to entrances and exits of highways and and. And where they were taken off in uh, to square off strips,
3: mm-hmm.
13: and again the only people interested would be the people that uh, abut it because there's no access.
3: Mm-hmm.
13: You can't sell a piece of property that's landlocked. Sure. So that's those are the things. I mean they make a big thing out of it, but the fact of the matter is when you get in, there may be some pieces out there, and they would have to take a public procurement a public disposition policy. And that's how you would write it to assure that nothing would be, uh, there wouldn't be any favoritism. Is a a public disposition policy for this property, and I can't imagine that the state doesn't already have one. Although when I, um, when I first went on the school board, uh, we didn't have a public disposition policy until I insisted on it, and same with the township when I went on that board. The only reason that I know about all these disposition policies is having worked for HUD and been in charge of all the housing authorities pretty much in the state of Kansas for a term. All of these, these were all set up with federal uh, dollars, of course. Mm-hmm. And the federal dollars said, look, local unit of government uh, or quasi-municipality, which is what a housing authority is. These are the policies that you must have in place and approved by, back then it was the... Uh, PHA, the Public Housing Authority of the federal government, when it was first started, and you have to have these to keep this very thing from happening. If you have disposition.
2: One of the things that concerns me about you know selling off uh, buildings that house state employees, yes, that potentially is really where you get into potential political cronyism.
13: Whether well, could paying be off either. a
2: contributor. Uh, selling off to a group of private investors who in turn come back and lease that back to the state. Yes. Now, why is a private investor going to purchase a state office building unless they can make money off of that purchase? Right,
13: and Sibelius was real good at that in, in terms of uh, some Park Department stuff. She, uh, They played some hanky-panky over there. But I uh, can't say that uh, some of Graves' friends didn't do the same identical thing abuses were just a little more egregious in my view, uh, but anyway, uh, that's that's the part of the part of the problem is that uh, there's always going to be that happening uh, or could be. The, uh, most of the state agencies are in privately owned property already that the state didn't own to begin with but but there are this, the cases that you've talked about uh, of which we're all aware or some of us are aware of that where that's occurred. But anyway, We're close to a break. Yeah, Jackson, if you were it. sitting
2: in the state senate, what would you do concerning this issue? It's going to be a biggie in 2000. Well,
13: I would have put an interim committee on it this past year. Morris should have uh, appointed one. Or if they're going to do it, then it needs to be this next summer. You can't do that kind of an in-depth analysis during the course of a, of a session. As
2: a state senator, 2011, you would be a no vote, putting this off until 2012 to give it a chance to really be taken on a serious look at a study committee, the whole nine yards. You can't too early to do anything with it in 2011.
13: It really is. That's you just can't Makes get sense. it done because there's too many state agencies involved, and that, just, mm-hmm. that's uh, it would have to be something in their following f- fiscal year, and you'd have to really have a study committee look at it. Makes
2: sense to me. So anyway. Let's take a break. Stay tuned, folks.
16: Jackson's Greenhouse, your plant shopping center. Let Jackson put a big smile on your home. Landscape planning and design, we listen and we take the time. We're professionals and we're out to make it known. We're your plant shopping center all the way. Jackson's Greenhouse has what you need today. Residential or commercial, we're at your service Landscape to lawn supplies that you like best From roses, flowers, shrubs and trees To everything your garden needs Jackson says just come in, be our guest Jackson's Greenhouse, your lawn and garden place We're your plant shopping center all the way At Jackson's Greenhouse, we're out to make your day.
14: Hi, I'm Richard Roundtree. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yes, you heard me right. Men get breast cancer, too, and men need just as much help understanding what their doctors tell them as women do. But where do you go to get that kind of help? Go to breastcancer.org a special place on the internet that helps you understand the kind of cancer you have, your treatment options, and all the big words your doctor uses. Breastcancer.org is the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer.
17: Eyewear Unique is a fun, upscale optical shop located in Topeka. They may be in Mid-America, but their frame selection is world-class. The expert staff will help you into your first really awesome pair of high-quality eyewear. Their designer frame selection will hold its own against the finest shops in New York or L.A. Eyewear Unique is not just another optical shop. They are truly new and different. They are not interested in selling you a pair of glasses. They are interested in selling you eyeglasses for the rest of your life. Your face is a work of art, and it deserves a great frame. Eyewear Unique offers top-of-the-line designer frames with names like Etnia, Barcelona, Lenore, Robert Mark, L.A. Eyeworks, Bevel Specs, Foydenhaus, Oliver Peoples, Ray-Ban, and Oakley, just to name a few. The frames run from stylish and affordable $90 eyewear to the extraordinary Fossa Frost line, located at 4008 Southwest Huntoon Street in Topeka, or visit them on the web at eyewearuniquetopeka.com. Take your face to the next level. Eyewear unique. Eyewear for life.
10: This is Risa with Lower Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. We are not just your heating and air conditioning experts. We also can take care of any of your plumbing needs, including sewers and backflow preventers. So call us now at 357-5123.
1: Welcome back to Jim Cates at cjonline.com. Our phone lines are now open at 295-1150 or email Jim at jim.cates at cjonline.com. Here's Jim.
2: Okay, we're back with Dave Jackson. Anything else on the local scene you want to talk about? Anything on the
13: local scene. Let's see.
2: Before we get into lawn and garden issues.
13: What else would there be? We disagree kind of on the Morgan deal with uh, the the sewer.
2: And downtown Topeka. That's uh, uh, something that's going to be coming up in the not-too-distant future. What do we do with downtown Topeka and you <laughs> and I? I don't know. We're, we're kind of on the same page. Yeah, we're yes. there. We're on yeah. the same
13: page. I just don't see a single lane thing, traffic, adding anything. I'll, I'll make the statement here. I'll never go downtown if I can avoid it if they, if they yeah. do what they're talking about. It's already slow enough in my view and they want to slow it slow it down some more.
3: Yeah.
13: If they want to slow it down, put some speed bumps in the areas where they perceive speed of the traffic to be a problem.
3: Mhm.
13: And then then just enhance the beauty that we already have, which we talked about the hanging baskets and some things that could be done. Yeah. Especially if uh,
2: Yeah, your suggestions last week were good ones. Downtown looks pretty good now anyway.
13: Right. And you but said some that. hanging
2: baskets would make it look a little better. Sure, I agree. like they've done in Chicago
13: yeah. and a lot of other places. Yeah, Even uh, Oklahoma City where the it you know it gets hot. Yeah, and they they still have good looking planters and there's ways to do that with soils and
2: Yeah, it gets into this whole visioning process which I think is money absolutely wasted. Think big Topeka. This was a group of just young Topekans. Mm, right that, you know, have a stake in the future of this community. They love this community, want to make it better. And they have really been the moving force. It didn't cost the city of Topeka a dime. Right. These were just young future leaders of this community that got together and said, hey, we're going to do something. And they have done
3: it.
13: Right.
2: This visioning process, what a $15 million price tag. Manhattan's I don't know what that is. I don't know, know what it was. Just, uh,
13: what JADO, which is, I yeah, presume that sure money came, came from Jado or somewhere, wasn't it? The visioning process?
2: Well, the county uh, commission has kicked in a little money. The city council's kicked in a little money. Some of it's Jeddo money. Some of it's private money. It's yeah. coming from four sources. or five different sources. But some of it is coming from the taxpayers. And I just think it's uh, a waste. But And I think this whole downtown discussions. Perfect example of why this whole visioning process is just an utter waste. But my opinion, my opinion only.
13: Well, it's, it's helping out on the north side. The Noto thing is really going to take off and it's not going to be at public expense. The people mm-hmm. doing this is, is all volunteer. Uh, but it came from part of the visioning process, in other words, the arts and cultural stuff. But uh, John uh, and, uh, oh, what's her names, are not being paid. This. What is her name? Her husband's on the city council. Anita Walker. Anita Walton mm-hmm. and and John, who's a, on the payroll at Washburn University, is uh, doing all of this at no uh, volunteer time. We're we we have not spent any ta- taxpayer dollars in North Topeka. So there we go.
2: Let's talk about lawn and gardeners. Let's do. Always a lot to talk about.
13: There's a semi at the Jackson's Greenhouse, as we speak, from Tennessee. We're unloading uh, trees, ball and burlap trees, a a, a fall shipment uh, of lots of beautiful red maples and sugar maples and some um, red buds and a uh, bunch of... Ornamental pears. Mm-hmm. Ornamental pears. There's a new uh, one. That, you know, Bradford pears always gotten the bad rep for being
2: uh, too brittle, too
13: brittle, whatever. But there's a new there's a one being unloaded as we speak called New Bradford that uh, that will be a Bradford that uh, resists the wind is not brittle and uh, would make a great substitution if you're lose if you've lost a, a Bradford in an area and you really really like that Bradford. Uh, and you don't like the aristocrats so well. I
2: mean, Do the new Bradford's have the same shape? Yes,
13: yeah. they have the same shape. They have the same leaf color. Uh, they just uh, the structure is just with more uh, closer to 90 degree angle of the uh, branch from the main leader trunk, so that you that is uh, engineered a lot better than the narrow structures that cause the cracking and the breaking. Any of these uh, pear
4: trees,
2: as far as the bloom on the trees that last longer than other pear trees, if you're buying that tree strictly because of the bloom, because we've talked about it mm-hmm. several times on the show, mm-hmm. to drive down Nottingham, uh, Lake Sherwood in the Springs, absolutely beautiful, because it seems like every other house has one of these flowering pear trees in the front yard.
13: The only way to They're just
2: absolutely gorgeous. Extent, but it's,
13: right, but the, the bloom period is short, but the only way to extend that is to get several different varieties of the ornamental pear that have a little later bloom. So that uh, Bradford's is, are basically the first to bloom, and they're followed by uh, Aristocrat and Chanticleer, and, and uh, then there's an Autumn Flame or something that has... So you can extend the same as with tulips. You can extend your bloom period, but you have to have early, mid-season, and late tulips that you put in that same bed. Your, your length of bloom is going to be the same on that plant. You just... Enhance the length by uh, okay. spreading it out. But
2: none of these uh, pear trees have a longer no. bloom no. period. No. They're all about the same.
13: No.
2: Okay.
3: Okay.
13: Which is, depending on our weather, a week to two weeks. Uh, you know, if it if it gets, if we get a hot southern blast up here, those those blooms will explode and then the petals blow off. But if it stays cool and nice um, during that bloom period, then your blooms are going to last a couple of weeks. It's all about it's all about the weather. Yeah. What kind of weather we get when those blooms are open. Yeah, just absolutely beautiful. So yeah. anyway, these trees will be 33% off uh, if you buy three or more. They're half price. Um, we want to turn them quick so that, uh, if possible, and these are just a great quality tree coming in, and they're uh, they're priced in the uh, regular price in the 189, 199 range. So. At 50% off, if you're buying three or more, you're going to get them under 100 bucks a piece for nice, fresh uh, trees, and uh, so that look like a tree. I mean, these these are not uh, the Lowe's and Home Depot quality trees. These are trees that have been pruned and shaped and look like a tree when you plant it. So anyway, this is a time to do it. It's a great time, timing's good.
2: By buying one of these $189 trees, 30% off, 33% off, Bradford new Bradford pear, Mm -hmm. when is it really going to look good in my front yard? Two years, three years, five years down the road as far as the growth period where it's going to have that pear shape? We're going to have the white blooms in the spring?
13: Uh, It should look good in the third year, pretty much, because you should have, by then, in the third year, if we've planted that right and you've kept the grass off of the, off of off from around it, kept it mulched, fertilized it, that kind of stuff, you'll be looking at a tree that has a caliper of three to four uh, inches by then and a, and a nice, nice shape. So okay. anyway.
2: As far as the nice shape, you don't have to prune. I mean, basically Mother Nature's going to take care of that. Right. It's a natural shape.
13: That's a natural Plant shape.
2: Plant it, water it, fertilize it, and you're there.
13: You're there, right. All you have to really do is... Uh, uh, Keep the suckers from growing up around the bottom, basically, you know, and keep that, and that that you can just pinch those off. You don't even do any pruning. You just walk by and pick those off as they grow. That's about all you have to do with a pear. Okay. And then raise the raise the height of the if if you want wanting to mow under it, depending on how how tall you are, if you're wanting to walk under it, you may have to gradually raise the height of the tree. But it'll have its own shape. There's no other pruning needed.
2: Okay. Raising the height, when should you cut some major branches off as far as raising the height? Good time, bad time to do that?
13: Uh, well, uh, now's a good time to do it. The time that I wouldn't do it would be the time in the early spring when the sap is rising. Uh, I'd wait until after the blooms were done. Okay. And then you can do it again. But we're, you always early follow spring is the
2: bad time. Do not prune. Do any heavy pruning. In the springtime? Well, you lose all trees.
13: Uh, Well, not necessarily all trees, uh, but most deciduous trees, uh, evergreens, I don't think it matters nearly so much, but most deciduous trees, as that sap is rising, you can get some bleed out, depending on the variety, and and that's just, uh, you know, really a visual kind of a thing, mostly. But, of course, any time you bloom, prune a spring-blooming tree, right before it blooms, you're kind of... You're losing the blooms for that year on that particular part of the tree. You just well wait three weeks or four weeks and enjoy the blooms and then prune, mm-hmm. from my standpoint. Mm-hmm. But never take off too much. Never take off more than 20% of the total tree. And, and uh, then uh, take care of uh, uh, make, making sure that you get that cut in the proper place. And we've talked about it. There's a collar. You can look at it and mm-hmm. see a visual place where you're supposed to cut. The tree tells you and don't leave a stub and don't cut back into the stem uh, or the don't cut back into the main branch. Don't leave any stub. Don't leave a stub and don't cut back into the, uh, into the uh, xylem. And again, the you don't need to seal the cuts. Nope. They, uh, that does
2: more harm than good.
13: Well, it doesn't do any good at all. And uh, I don't know that it does more harm, but uh, it's just not necessary uh, for most cuts. Unless, unless, unless you were talking about Leave the cuts open. Yeah. Even leave it, let them, leave them exposed. Right. We need
2: to take a break. Yeah, again, yeah, already. Dave Jackson, Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center, folks. The address, 1933 Lower Silver Lake Road, and the phone number, 232-3416. Write the phone number down, folks, again, because I'm sure if you're like us, there's always garden questions that comes up. So this way you've got the phone number at your fingertips, and again, if you keep your most frequently called and emergency numbers on the refrigerator, well, just add Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center to the mix. 232-3416, and that way next time you have a gardening question, a planning question, you can just look at the refrigerator, there's the number, and give Jackson's a call. Seven days a week, there's going to be an expert that's going to be answering the phone that can answer your questions. Okay, stay tuned, we'll be back.
16: Jackson's Greenhouse, your plant shopping center. Let Jackson put a big smile on your home. Landscape planning and design, we listen and we take the time. We're professionals and we're out to make it known. We're your plant shopping center all the way. Jackson's Greenhouse has what you need today. Residential or commercial, we're at your service Landscape to lawn supplies that you like best From roses, flowers, shrubs and trees To everything your garden needs Jackson says just come in be our guest Jackson's Greenhouse, your lawn and garden place We're your plant shopping center all the way At Jackson's Greenhouse, we're out to make your day.
14: Hi, I'm Richard Roundtree. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yes, you heard me right. Men get breast cancer, too, and men need just as much help understanding what their doctors tell them as women do. But where do you go to get that kind of help? Go to breastcancer.org a special place on the Internet that helps you understand the kind of cancer you have, your treatment options, and all the big words your doctor uses. Breastcancer.org is the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer.
17: Eyewear Unique is a fun, upscale optical shop located in Topeka. They may be in Mid-America, but their frame selection is world-class. The expert staff will help you into your first really awesome pair of high-quality eyewear. Their designer frame selection will hold its own against the finest shops in New York or L.A. Eyewear Unique is not just another optical shop. They are truly new and different. They are not interested in selling you a pair of glasses. They are interested in selling you eyeglasses for the rest of your life. Your face is a work of art, and it deserves a great frame. Eyewear Unique offers Top-of-the-line designer frames with names like Etnia, Barcelona, Lunor, Robert Mark, LA Eyeworks, Bevel Floyden House, Oliver Peoples, Ray-Ban, and Oakley, just to name a few. The frames run from stylish and affordable $90 eyewear to the extraordinary Fossa Frost line. Located at 4008 Southwest Huntoon Street in Topeka, or visit them on the web at eyewearuniquetopeka.com. Take your face to the next level. Eyewear unique. Eyewear for life.
10: This is Risa with Lower Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. We are not just your heating and air conditioning experts. We also can take care of any of your plumbing needs, including sewers and backflow preventers. So call us now at 357-5123.
1: Welcome back to Jim Cates at cjonline.com. Our phone lines are now open at 295-1150 or email Jim at jim.cates at cjonline.com. Here's Jim.
2: All right, we are back with Dave Jackson, Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center. Christmas, right around the corner now.
13: Right. Our and open house. Open house Saturday. is coming
2: up this Saturday and Sunday.
13: Right. Saturday and Sunday. Hopefully the chili will hold out. Annette and I have been working on our chili this week. Yeah. Got up early this morning, and uh, and uh, she's uh, she was working in the kitchen, and I was working around her in the kitchen. And we're... I've got, uh, I I stayed, didn't get to work until quarter to nine because I had to, I went ahead and kind of finished mine off and got it ready to go, and tonight then she'll finish. Hers is the white chili out of Turkey, and and mine's the regular standard chili with a a little bit different flavor. Not hot, but a different flavor. So, And that's
2: coming up uh, (coughs) tomorrow and Sunday. Free chili. Folks, we're talking. Free chili, 11
13: to 4, and... uh, on uh, Saturday and what 11 to two or three on Sunday or till the chili runs out we've made three or four gallons and uh, that we may spend Saturday night making more chili I don't know but uh, uh, it uh, it's fun and that'll be doing a seminar at 10 a.m. on Saturday and 2 p.m. on Sunday on uh, putting together Christmas decorations. Uh, making your house look a little bit more elegant for the holidays uh, or even uh, uh, for Thanksgiving if you wish she can she'll show you how to whip out a uh, a little centerpiece or something for the door something for the table something whatever whatever you're interested in she knows how to do it for not much money you can really have something to make your house look sharp teach. teach. Now, the
2: seminars charge? No,
13: charge. It's no charge. No charge. How
2: long are the seminars?
13: Oh, uh, kind of depends on how many questions folks have. She generally sets them up to be 45 minutes to an hour. Uh-huh. Uh, that's long enough to sit most of the times. There may be some demonstrations. If uh, people want to uh, set up and uh, bring in their own uh, uh, decoration or something, she'll show them how to put it together and, and folks can... Uh, Learn, learn by doing while they're there. So we, we'll have a little work table bench set up where folks can.
2: Need to call ahead of time.
13: Get, well, if they're wanting something special or, or, or to do something, but no, we, we're not. Uh, we didn't make reservations uh, for this. Uh, typically, uh, typically we only have eight to ten folks out. We have room to uh, to do that. Uh, if, if we get more than that, I guess we'll set up another, another table, and, and Tammy or one of the other girls will set up and do another a, a separate one. But we'd like to keep their working group around 10.
2: Okay. Well, I need to come out to Jackson sometime. Tomorrow might be a good time to do that because I've got to pick up some tri-power seed because come December, you know, I'm going to start laying it down. You know, when we have that first snow, I want to be ahead of the snow. To get that seed in the ground tomorrow
13: afternoon. And K State still said in last week's newsletter they still maintain if you do it uh, do it with uh, after it snowed like less than an inch or something get out there and do it so that you can still see the areas where the uh, where your thin areas are like you're talking about. But mm-hmm. I I still don't get it why why they stick to that thing why do not just put it down ahead of the snow and get it in place and then have it snow you. Yeah, I mean, uh, it. You, but at the time you get maybe a half or three quarters of an inch of snow out there, it may be snowing so god awful hard you don't want to be out there. I don't. I don't quite understand what the bingo, what the problem is. Wanting to put it on top of the snow as to as opposed to
2: something I didn't mention during the uh, eight or nine o'clock hour. I need to mention it now. Where I'm going to be tomorrow afternoon? Where? Uh, well, Ralph Clark. You remember yep. Ralph? Yeah, yeah, that's right.
13: And he passed away. Is that right? That's when you're having your uh,
2: memorial service. Uh-huh. And, folks, it's going to be at the Methodist Church in Vermilion, one thirty Saturday afternoon. So, folks, for those of you that remember Ralph and enjoyed Ralph's phone calls, Ralph and Diana both, regular callers to the show. And uh, that memorial is going to be tomorrow afternoon. So I plan on, unless there's an unforeseen emergency, that's where I'm going to be tomorrow afternoon. Great. So I'll be missing the, well, K-State on radio. Catch them on radio. Yeah. They that's do. what a
13: 2 o'clock game? I think so.
2: Yeah, yeah. Catch them on the way on them.
13: Uh, is the line still three points? Three or five? Yes. I think it's three, isn't it? I read I three think. earlier this week. I didn't know yeah. whether that stayed put or whether there had been a change. Or. Yeah,
2: yeah. Colorado, they need this one. I mean, this is the difference between a major and a minor bowl. This is the difference between San Diego K-State, and Freeport.
13: Right. Yeah. Exactly, right.
2: Yeah. What did I say, KU?
13: You didn't say. Oh, okay. You said Colorado. Yeah, K-State needs this one. K-State because, needs this. Yeah,
2: Because it could be Shreveport if they lose to Colorado. It mm-hmm. could be San Diego if they beat Colorado. Mm-hmm. So the choice of going to Shreveport, San Diego, Shreveport, San Diego, take San Diego.
13: Yes. Well, there is that ocean there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Shreveport's not a bad little town anymore since they fixed it up and got the gaming down there on the river. and all that Yeah, stuff. I just
2: remember and we didn't go, but I know the first bowl game. Oh, the weather Snyder was miserable.
13: Oh, That's
2: awful. Were you there? No. I, I heard. Thank
13: God I wasn't. I mean, we, we thought about it. Our neighbors
2: went, and they said that they've never been so cold in their life.
13: Right. We thought about it the day before, and uh, said, ah, this weather forecast doesn't look all that good. You know, we were just going to drive down. Uh-huh. It was a long drive. 12, 14 hours or something like that. It's about that yeah. long if you fly in because you have to go to Dallas first. Yeah. You have to go to Kansas City first, then to Dallas, and then to Dallas, Shreveport. Yeah. So it's all day one way or the other Yeah. to get to Shreveport. San Diego, of course, when you land, it's pretty and nice and you fly in. Ah, see the ocean as you're dropping down in and it's just gorgeous. San
2: Diego, I've got a friend that uh, was an air controller, retired.
13: <clears throat> mm-hmm. Now,
2: but he said that was one of the three airports he just hated to fly into as a passenger.
13: As a passenger?
2: Yes. Because, you know, San Diego, you're coming right in over downtown San Diego, and that airport's built up. It basically butts up against downtown San Diego. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of margin for error coming you know, over downtown San Diego where you've got the skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to make that dip, mm-hmm. a steep dive, to get to the runway. Mm-hmm. I mean the airport's ideally located you know, for I mean, town, yeah for downtown San Diego, yeah, but as far as flying in and out of there,
13: you got Steve've got to be a skilled kind of like Reno seemed like to me when I flew in flew into Reno you had the same deal yeah kind of set between some mountains and you just have yeah. to dive in and, and uh, to a lesser extent Phoenix but uh, uh Reno was the one that uh, uh Concern me. I can't remember if I've ever flown into San Diego. Yeah, actually,
2: I have, and it's again. Yeah, you're taking a deep dive. It used to be like the old Kansas City Municipal
13: Airport. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh yeah, it used to be right, right next there to the, the river and, and uh,
13: that bluff. Yeah, yeah. And
2: uh, then Kansas City uh, downtown KC, right at the end of the runway. Mm-hmm. Really? Right.
13: Yeah. Really, an I-70. So, yeah. Right there. It's. Uh, yep. Anyway. It's time for another break.
2: Then when we come back, let's we really uh, better
13: talk about their stuff. Yes, indeed. Um, We'll get
2: into the specials. There's lots of them this weekend. And, again, this is the Christmas, annual Christmas open house at Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center. Free coffee, punch, chili, the whole nine yards. And uh, lots of bargains. We'll talk about that when we return. Stay tuned.
16: Jackson's Greenhouse, your plant shopping center. Let Jackson put a big smile on your home. Landscape planning and design, we listen and we take the time. We're professionals and we're out to make it known. We're your plant shopping center all the way. Jackson's Greenhouse has what you need today. Residential or commercial, we're at your service. Landscape to lawn supplies that you like best. From roses, flowers, shrubs and trees to everything your garden needs, Jackson says just come in be our guest. Jackson's Greenhouse, your lawn and garden place. We're your plant shopping center all the way. At Jackson's Greenhouse, we're out to make your day.
14: Hi, I'm Richard Roundtree. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yes, you heard me right. Men get breast cancer too, and men need just as much help understanding what their doctors tell them as women do. But where do you go to get that kind of help? Go to breastcancer.org, a special place on the Internet that helps you understand the kind of cancer you have, your treatment options, and all the big words your doctor uses. Breastcancer.org. is the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. Eyewear Unique is a fun, upscale optical shop located in Topeka.
17: They may be in Mid-America, but their frame selection is world class. The expert staff will help you into your first really awesome pair of high quality eyewear. Their designer frame selection will hold its own against the finest shops in New York or LA. Eyewear Unique is not just another optical shop. They are truly new and different. They are not interested in selling you a pair of glasses. They are interested in selling you eyeglasses for the rest of your life. Your face is a work of art, and it deserves a great frame. Eyewear Unique offers top-of-the-line designer frames with names like Etnia, Barcelona, Lenore, Robert Mark, L.A. Iwerks, Bevel Specs, House Oliver Peoples, Ray-Ban, and Oakley, just to name a few. The frames run from stylish and affordable $90 eyewear to the extraordinary Fossa Frost line located at 4008 Southwest Huntoon Street in Topeka or visit them on the web at eyewearuniquetopeka.com. Take your face to the next level. Eyewear unique. Eyewear for life.
10: This is Risa with Lower Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. We are not just your heating and air conditioning experts. We also can take care of any of your plumbing needs, including sewers and backflow preventers. So call us now at 357-5123.
1: Welcome back to Jim Cates at cjonline.com. Our phone lines are now open at 295-1150 or email Jim at jim.cates at cjonline.com. Here's Jim.
2: Okay, We're we back. are back. I told, Watch it.
13: did I tell you at the last home game, I uh, did run into John Weefald at the game. He's uh, he sits over there near my seats. Did I tell you that? No. Had, had good things to say and uh, about the game and uh, just kind of uh, thanked me for my service again and as a legislator and. Really class guy, but his his seats are not great. Mine are better. Yeah. He, he's at the club level, but uh, he's clear down on the north end.
2: You know, he was a regular sort of guy. I remember years ago when boxing came to Topeka
13: out at Remington's, if you remember yeah, Remington's. Sure. Out
2: of town. Yeah, that's when. Uh, I
13: couldn't believe they went out of business. I thought that was a great business model. I
2: did too. Plan. I did too. T- initially, it was. Uh huh. But that's when you had Damon Reed, Andy Samples fighting.
13: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, John Weefold. I mean, it basically, this was kind of a white-collar business crowd that mm-hmm. really became the fight fans in Topeka. Fun place to go. Uh-huh. And John Weefold, you know, being a university president, you just didn't picture John Weefold going to Remington's to watch a boxing match. No. Well, Dan Likens <laughs> and John Weefold were good friends. Uh-huh. And I don't remember a match, and there was a half a dozen. Uh, at Remington's over that two-year period. Right. John, we've all missed. Oh, he was a huge boxing fan.
13: I didn't know that yeah, about him. Yeah,
2: huh. yeah, just a regular guy. I mean, just, yeah,
13: yeah. I uh, sp- spent uh, time with uh, Damon Reed uh, last evening, or la- yesterday afternoon. Oh, you did? His daughter is uh, a seventh grader at Seaman Middle School and plays uh, uh, on the Seaman Middle School basketball team, along with my granddaughter. My daughter, oh, okay. My daughter's daughter. And... Uh, they, uh, <coughs> Washburn Rural Middle School, they call them, uh, they call them the Worms. Yeah. <laughs> no, Seaman <does. laughs> uh, Just for the acronym. But anyway, uh, they, uh, Seaman girls took them to uh, overtime and then lost in overtime. Hmm. And uh, so it was a f- fun game. And Damon and I talked about what he's up to. He's still doing Is it. he going to fight again? No, he's not going to fight anymore, he said. That's uh, it. Yeah. But he's he's got some promotions and he's. He's got that boxing club in the behind Maximus, uh, uh, North Topeka Maximus. He's got three thousand square feet. And he's got twenty-five or twenty-six. He said, uh, young boxers that he's he's uh, coaching, and he's got. The, wow. uh, fu- Danger fire uh, boxing, and the, the, he's got. He's in his club is in Golden Gloves. So that's what he's doing. Yeah, good guy. Damon's
3: yeah.
2: just uh, he's a class act. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah,
13: just kind of fun. Great uh, fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and works. his
2: club reads, I haven't been up there, uh, the old McBees mm-hmm. at 46th and uh, 75, 75 Highway, and yeah. Hunter's Ridge.
3: Yeah.
13: Yep, uh, he doesn't do much about that. but uh, We've well, got
2: about nine minutes to go. And you've got lots of specials at Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center this weekend. What are they?
13: Well, we have, uh, of course, we talked about the Chili. The open house? Oh, by the way, real yes. quick, an email from Terrence. Oh, Terrence. Well, this is
2: a good one. All right. Terrence has a point. Dave, you do not have to go to Kansas City. You can fly out of Manhattan. We have air service to Dallas and Chicago and free parking. Plus, we are closer. And That's keeping true. your money in Kansas. That's ah, true. Yes,
13: indeed. <laughs> Great point. True, <laughs> except the cost of the flights is... A little bit different.
2: Well, you know, we talked about that Monday when we had the air traffic uh, or the director of the Manhattan Regional Airport on. If you live in Topeka, when you factor in, turnpike cost, parking cost, everything else, getting in and out of KCI plus the time you spend, it's cheaper to fly out of Manhattan.
13: But now I'm going the, to Hawaii, you see, and somebody takes me. <laughs> when, but, I mean, if you're going but to I Dallas, said, if you're flying you mean, to Dallas. Okay. Well, if, if, well, I, can, if I can get my... Uh, Tickets next year uh, from Manhattan down to Dallas on the, on my frequent flyer miles. I'll do that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. There you Save. go.
2: Save you some time and not going to cost you any more. Specials this weekend.
13: Well, lots of them. yeah, we have lots of them. We talk about uh, the uh, early bird poinsettias. Our poinsettias are colored up and beautiful. Buy one, get the second one half price. That includes regular eleven ninety nine. Is all plus then the second one is six bucks. So you get two florist quality poinsettias for $17.99. You just can't beat it, and they're homegrown. We've got lots of pansies. If you wanted to, if you had a pot that looks crappy, and, and you got uh, people coming over for Thanksgiving, plant it up with pansies. We've got gorgeous pansies. You just you, the color just knocks you out in the fall because they're so bright. Buy one get one free on the pansy six packs. Of course, we talked about the trees. 33% off Or if you mm-hmm. buy three or more. 50% off. The Blue spruce we've still got uh, about a dozen of those 59.99 spruces just gorgeous from Oregon we've got uh, fruit trees probably two or three hundred out front 25 uh, percent off or two or more 33 percent off Dutch bulbs you buy twenty dollars off you t- twenty dollars or more you take five bucks off so uh, we've got uh, statuary on sale 33 percent off uh, right now. We've got another shipment coming in the end of the week, or end of next week, and we need to move some out. It's a really great time to pick up a piece of statuary or uh, put it on layaway or do something. Cactus. There's a special table of cactus and succulents. Buy one, get one free. I got a, We we grew these cactus and got in oh, several thousand that we planted up, and I've got too many. So they're buy one, get one free, $4.99. You get two for $4.99. We hardly ever put cactus on sale. So anyway, then the one thing, uh, leaving yesterday from North Carolina were our, our Fraser fir Christmas trees. We'll have about 200 trees come in and to unload sometime this weekend. Not sure exactly what's, how that's going to work out. Like I said, we were unloading a couple hundred ball and burlap trees this morning. Or they were. I had to be here. but uh, So we've got all kinds of stuff going on, what we really need really need is customers and uh, so uh, take a look at what we have to offer for Christmas. The gifts, uh, you know we're easy in easy out. You talk about how easy the airports are, it doesn't get much easier than Jackson's. You can park usually within 50 to sixty, fifty 50 to 100 feet of the front door and be in the greenhouse and, and looking uh, right from your car. And,
2: Christmas tree sales, do you anticipate they're going to be as strong this year? Are we seeing a trend on live trees, natural trees, as opposed to the artificials? I, I know we talked so. about this last year briefly, but anything changed since last year as far as trending in one direction or the other?
13: Not that I can tell. I don't know uh, what the trend is going to be. It, uh, the prices certainly haven't gone up. The quality of the uh, trees is is much improved in the past year. Uh, oh, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. Uh, these particular Fraser furs are, are so fresh that you don't have to worry about being dry and dropping needles or any of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we didn't participate in live Christmas tree sales for so many years because the Optimist Club did it and mm-hmm. I was a member. And, but um, the Optimists don't handle the Frasier furs. Uh, and with Hefner's gone, uh, the best Frasier furs... Um, now come to our place instead of, of there. That that was kind of a uh, a decision we made to fill that particular void. Hefner's always had the nicest Fraser firs. The Cartner family out of North Carolina, uh, just great people. And it's a, it's not a large tree farm, and they focus on quality at at reasonable prices. So you just can't believe the nice trees. Our trees are nicer than West Lakes for less money, basically. If you're talking Fraser Furs, I was over looking at theirs the other day. Uh, they've already got theirs in. We're a uh, dollar um, to five dollars less per tree than they are. Well,
2: Believe it or not, here, yeah,
13: on Fraser Furs.
2: 1933 Lower Silver Lake Road. Easy to find.
13: Not hard. If you're
2: coming from the south. Just take the Lower Silver Lake Road exit. Come a mile and a half east. You're there. We're there. If you're uh, if you want to come from the north. 24 Highway, when you see Goodyear, well, exit 24 Highway, head south. Mm -hmm. And you're going to run right into Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center. Easy to find. Mm -hmm.
13: Or if you come over to Topeka Boulevard Bridge from the south, turn left at the bottom of the bridge and just keep driving until you hit the stop sign and you're back at the back end of the nursery back there, you can see that full semi-loaded trees that we just came off and drive on in the driveway there. It's easy. Easy, easy. All right. And tomorrow, free chili. Yeah. Tomorrow and Sunday.
2: Take advantage of it, folks. Seminar coming up tomorrow, 10 o'clock and o'clock.
13: 10 o'clock uh, 10:00 tomorrow. I don't think we're having a 2 o'clock until Sunday. Oh, okay. I okay. think that's the way that works. 10 Saturday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. All
2: right. Pretty sure that's tomorrow. the way that works. Right. Let's see what the ad and says. You're in you know, Christmas ornaments and Christmas decorations. And that will be conducting the seminar No need to call, just show up.
13: Right. Absolutely right. No charge. This is another freeze. Right. So anyway, we look forward to seeing everybody out there.
2: Okay, now next Friday, folks, uh, Dave's going to be on at nine o'clock next Friday.
13: And then what, Jim? You leaving early, going out of town, something? What's happening? No,
2: it's just at nine. From nine to ten, every year has been difficult getting media guests in to talk about the top stories of the week. So we're just cutting that hour out.
13: Oh. Next uh, next week.
2: Oh, I so see. So we thought about so we'll you know, talk
13: about the top stories. <laughs> we can do
2: that. In fact, uh, last year did we just cancel? The Friday after Thanksgiving? I, I th- think one year we did. I think you did. Yeah. So this year we're going going to have a show, folks. And then uh, and I'm we'll headed have to
13: Denton, on. Texas uh, early, early, early Saturday morning to watch the K-State play uh, North Texas. I've got some some friends down there, and we're, we'll uh, have a, a brunch and then head over to the North Texas State Stadium. And and uh, my son and I are going to go and watch the oh, game. Fun and, then, stuff. and then we'll... We'll drive uh, back that night. be a long day. That's an easy drive. Though. It is. It, it really is. is.
2: Yeah. 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 I enjoy that drive. You know, Not going, bad. Going through Oklahoma, well, the Arbuckle th- Mountains, once you hit Texas, you can almost walk right. to Denton. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. To the stadium. Yeah. yeah you're right. just almost there. It yeah. seems like it. Yeah. And, and yeah.
13: going through the Flint Hills has been pretty this year. Yeah. Because they've been green and, and just pretty. Uh, and, that, and I really enjoy the Flint Hills anymore. You betcha. We will see you next Friday All at right. 9.
2: Folks, thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with you bright and early Monday morning. Have a great weekend. I'm Jim Cates.